This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yes. All right. Here we go. I think. In a world where Carolina Panthers fans have an insatiable thirst for Panthers news and opinions, only one podcast roars ferociously. It's the C3 Panthers podcast. All right. What's up, Panther fam? It's your boy, Tony Dunn. It's the C3 Panthers podcast brought to you by CarolinaCatChronicles.com. We are got a little different set list of players tonight, but I think hopefully everything is going to be working comfortably. We got change of stream, change of host tonight, but it's all going to be fantastic because the C3 Panthers podcast rolls on each and every week. All right. So right now, CK, welcome to the show. You're taking over for Cody. Cody one comes Cody two. Hey, how's it going, guys? So, I, at some point, there is... I don't know why this is happening in the stream, but it says, like, there is a... Co- like, embed. You're embed. Uh, anyway, we... I'll try to get that knocked off in a second. We also have Greg Schlager, listener of the C3 Panthers podcast, coming in. The Bat Daddy 52 welcome to the C3 Panthers podcast. What's going on, Tony? Glad to be here, man. Fantastic. I'm excited to hang out with you guys and talk Panthers football. Shout out to all the people in the chat room. Hopefully I can get that stupid message off the chat board in just a second. But while we're here hanging out, uh, we're going to be having a blast tonight talking about the Carolina Panthers as usual. I know everybody is scared and fearful after the Panthers fall again in preseason. Not a great showing punctuated by uh, Cam Newton getting injured on top of that potentially. You saw Luke Keekley's wrist a little bendy-bendy up there early in the beginning. All of that is concerning, but I'm going to tell you guys why it's going to be okay tonight on the show. We'll be jumping into that. We've got a ton of calls on the Cat Calls line. The number is 252-228-5098. And um, we want to hear your input, your thoughts and your perspective when it comes to the Panthers' loss and how they're continuing, what you think this means for the team going forward, and as we assess the roster, because things are changing quickly. So plenty to talk about. Go ahead and smash that thumbs-up button, subscribe to the show, and uh, and be a part of it. We're here from um, – we're, we're having a great time. So here, Greg, tell me this. Let's just go ahead and jump into this question right away is initial thoughts about the Panthers loss against the Patriots week three. Where are you at after it? Just even keel. Where are you? Okay. Uh, 
to be truly honest with you, Tony, I'm not really that scared about it. Uh, I listened to a lot of what a lot of players said and what's going on. It's preseason still, and I get that it was bad. It was basically like a rewatch of the Super Bowl, which sucked. <laughs> but um, it's preseason, and you got to remember, we were playing the Super Bowl champions. You know, these guys have been there three of the last four years. Uh, it's not a, it's a good team to play against, uh, to, to match yourself up against. And um, it didn't scare me that much. There were a few things that bothered me that I saw that I hope that we can tighten up as the season goes on. But I truly don't think that the Panthers show all their cards in the preseason. And I don't put a whole lot of validity into the preseason record because a lot of times when we do great in the preseason, we don't have a great season as it follows. And a lot of times when we do really bad in the preseason, we tend to have a pretty decent season going on. So it didn't scare me that much. So. When you look at the the record and the numbers of preseason games, I, I tend to avoid looking at, like you said, the outcome of the game, what the score is. And we're trying to evaluate that team on the field instead do they look sharp do things do you know do these guys look well practiced are they strong in these areas where is their depth at these types of things so yeah is that you don't want to over uh focus on that but ck is that these games though ultimately were kind of close in some ways and that should be heartening in one way is that you're you're in there you're not showing all your cards like greg says and you are still hanging in there but at other in other aspects of this while we remain close and competitive a lot of times we didn't see the things either that we had hoped to see you know you see you see tom brady out there slinging around dialing it in and you're feeling optimistic about guy 42 years old going into his you know whatever bazillionth season and you're hoping that you see the the Panthers look sharp on offense this and that and we didn't get to see those things cuz Cam Newton hurts his foot and so CK is that while the score doesn't matter is what did you see that is heartening or disheartening well, you you bring a point up that you know the sky isn't falling, right? Um, and and I'm not saying the sky is falling, you know. And I agree with your point that we were playing pretty vanilla, you know, as far as our offense and our defense, for that matter. The problem is, so were the Patriots, and we still performed that way, right? That's the concern I have. It's it's not like we were the only ones playing vanilla. It was all around, and. I'm I'm hopeful that what we're going to find out is that our offensive line is going to mesh once they kind of get used to the rotation of, you know, uh, of what they're expecting with Daryl Williams and left tackle backed up by Greg Little and things like that. I mean, once everything meshes the way that they want it to, I mean, you go back to 2015, I mean, our 2015 season, they had so many different ways that they were utilizing the offensive line that, you know, eventually once everybody got the, the hang of it, it was – kind of smooth sailing for us so i'm not sky is falling but i'm also concerned that we weren't performing to the level that the patriots were in the exact same situation that we were in you know you're listening to the c3 panthers podcast we're hanging out in the vivid seat studio tonight talking about the panthers preseason game but we have not yet to talk about the the elephant room and that is cam newton gets injured in this in this game Thankfully, it's minor and never looked to be major. 
In fact, I think a lot of people, the sky is falling talk kind of surrounded, at least caught momentum because of the cam injury. But if you look at it, and when the news comes back that he doesn't tear his Liz Frank or enters any tissue damage, like real damage here, we feel fine. Is is his foot, you know, basically got a, a solid cramp in it while he was there. But guys, how did you feel, Greg, when you saw that? <laughs> Cam <laughs> wincing and stretching on the sidelines. You're like, oh, oh, it's cramp. It's cramp. It's cramp. Nah, we're good. It's cramp. And then he walks into the locker room. Heart had to drop into your stomach. Well, you know, with Cam Newton, I've noticed that every time I see him wincing on the field, he always walks He's away. He's always wincing, by the way. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> right. But he, he always walks away. He goes into the tent. He does whatever. And then he comes back and he's fine. Like, even on plays where it looks like he breaks his neck. Yeah, yeah. He comes yeah. back and he's fine. It's so like, oh, that hurt happened, a little. Huh? Well, I'll say what initially happened, I wasn't scared at all because it didn't look like anything serious. Maybe he just twisted his ankle a little bit. It wasn't too bad. Uh, then when I saw him walking off the field, I had the Greg Olson fear. I thought maybe he broke yeah. his foot. Uh, you know, I dropped a bowling ball on my foot a couple weeks ago. It sucks. <laughs> so I, I know your kind feet, of how you I know feel. you need your feet you need your phalanges you need your feet you know what <laughs> i mean they help you your fingers and your toes and your hands and your feet that's what kind of what makes humans cooler than most animal uh, you know animals but well, you're right like it's, hand feet like monkeys you know? <laughs> well, <laughs> that'd be pretty cool yeah well i <laughs> but, said uh, most animals right yeah a, so but you're right is that i uh, obviously the our fear when it comes to the Cam Newton's foot injury was compounded by the fact that we've seen Greg Olson walk off and have a broken bone. Right. So as soon as it right. comes back is that there's no worry here and concern to me, especially with the news that we get uh, coming back from this, that there's no, you know, broken bone. Everything is just like, look, is that a midfoot sprain didn't know that that happens, but I mean, obviously it does occasionally, now, CK, the talk afterwards immediately goes to Eric Reed jumps in and says, Colin Kaepernick, Colin Kaepernick, Colin Kaepernick, please. And I want to pull for it. You know, like I'm not opposed to it, but boy, it was right away. Colin Kaepernick. Colin, no. How worried were you after, at that? What does this injury or this potential scare mean for you when it comes to watching those horrific quarterbacks thankfully will greer look better than the other the, the allen should not even be even a consideration he's terrible Agreed. he saved by that new orleans game last year that is the only reason he's in the he's position terrible. that he's in yeah but they um, gave us that game to mess up our draft pick yeah i mean but you know to answer your question i think it's a two two-tier approach that i'm going to take to it first and foremost is I want to address the fact that the reason my concern really came into play was Greg Olson came back on the field. Yeah, he was on crutches, but he came back. Cam Newton didn't. Oh, we were sitting there like, where the hell is this mug? Where are like, you? I mean, you the way I'm be looking at tofu it, taco. Yeah, I mean, the way I'm thinking about it, you know, and and, and Dev Boogie, you know, uh, we were talking on, on Twitter. He was saying like, oh, this guy's not falling. He's going to be fine. And I'm sitting here thinking – you know, Olsen was even out on the field after he broke his foot. I mean, Cam has not returned. There is something to be concerned about. But the other piece is, you know, Eric Reed. I get wanting to get your boy in here. I'm not saying that I don't want Kaepernick here for the reasons that I think most people who uh, who don't like Kaepernick don't right. want him to come. 
Kaepernick was on the bench before he kneeled, right? He wasn't playing good anymore. He, right? was he wasn't hurt, a good though. quarterback. He was hurt. That was yeah. what I brought up last week was that we haven't seen it in a long time. He couldn't even win the starting spot whenever he before he even got yeah. you know, blackballed. So. It's not it's not something I don't believe he brings anything more than what we would get out of either Taylor Heineke, Will Greer. Uh, definitely we would have a step up from Which is nothing. Allen. Yeah, exactly. By the way, but, is that that means even, it, it, I would say just for the cost, we probably can't afford at this juncture to leverage that much money on a backup quarterback. But let's not focus on the Colin Kaepernick discussion because it's one that's so – it's just so baggage you know what i'm saying it's there's so much so much weight to it that like we can't really just have a conversation of should we sign him or not right well is that there comes with the more conversation of the signing but let me ask you this is in ranking your concern or not not one to five or anything but how worried are you about the backup quarterback i think it's a silly discussion to have personally and I'm asking you this. I feel like we, I have to ask the question. I say it's a silly discussion because I just think, like, if there's no Cam, like, I mean, what are you really going to do? Eight Agreed. and eight with anybody? Agreed. Well, real quick, J-Dub in the chat, he, he brought up a couple good points that after this uh, this foot injury, nobody's talking about the shoulder. I haven't heard a single thing about the shoulder since the foot injury came out. And he even said uh, Vermillion's, or, yeah, Vermillion, yeah. yeah. said that yeah. if it was a regular season, Cam would have kept playing. I know he would have. Yeah. We've seen him. That's the thing is when I said he's always wincing, he looks like this old dinosaur, like this crickety crackety <laughs> giraffe that's got to get up. And he's always looks like he looks like he has 70 year old joints and in between plays. And then when he plays, all of a sudden he just like exerts <laughs> his lubricant, I guess, right. into his joint. It's just all of a sudden he goes from being, oh, I'm hurting, I'm hurting to being the freaking man out there. All right. <laughs> So let's keep going through this. Um, let's rank our concerns. Yes. Okay. Rank our rank your concerns here. I think mine are less than most people's. So, CK, you start it. Uh, if, if I had to be honest, my biggest concern, as with I think most, is that offensive line. I think everywhere else we were in, and maybe the depth at linebacker, you know, I feel like maybe that would be my a close number two. But that offensive line was very porous. I mean, it was not – I mean, there was three series and Cam got sacked three times. I mean, there's an issue with that. Now, granted, I think Cam should have made a lot quicker reads than he did, and I think that leads to it a little bit. Um, but that's that can't happen. You know, that uh, man hurts let that guy come off the edge, Van Noy, and, and just ram into Cam. And just, he didn't really let him though you if you watch that play that dude jumped the snap count like i you mean like he, he was offside like i won't say he was offsides is man hurts i mean when you say let him maybe that's exactly what he did man hurts like wasn't even moving yet and my <laughs> man was already around him like yeah, he, he didn't know what was going on sometimes guys just make phenomenal plays i don't know if that was it but it was like god knows that guy well, was fast. I, I will say this much: Christian McCaffrey picked up that blitz like a mother, He's, you know. And that, he tried. Oh he tried his best. He did his best. Here is it. This is don't rank your concerns about that dude. That guy's about to be the best running back in the league. That's my Great. prediction. Is that Christian McCaffrey? I saw him on that one run. It was 
it was third and 15. That's what it was. Third yeah. and 15. And we get, he, he got 14 yards, dude. Just blasted bugs. He, he shot up the hole. He moved through it. And you're like, oh, well, that's 10 yards on a draw. He got another seven just by lighting mugs up. <laughs> I'm telling you, if that was the regular season, I don't know if we, I mean, I feel good about that. You know, if I, go for it at that point. But, okay, so <laughs> offensive line, you said, is the concern for you. Um, ultimately, where do you think that comes from? Do you think it's continuity of the line? Do you think it's a specific player? It's hard to really gauge the line play at this point to me because I don't feel like we can do the things offensively we want to do to help them. Yeah, I mean, we're not doing the motions. We're not doing the, the like you said, we're very vanilla. And that's the uh, the part of, I think. It's just the, the damn and the guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And that's, and, and I get you know, the problem is, is that when it is just them and the guy, we shouldn't have to scheme to be able to have an effective offensive line. I think our offensive line should be good. And then scheming just makes them better. Uh, but I think it has a lot to do with them meshing and having the communication. I think Matt Parrott is um, understanding. Uh, I think we're signing a veteran like him was probably the best thing we could have done in the off season for our offensive line, because I think that's going to help bridge that gap where, you know, we lost Khalil, but I I think it all has to do with communication and making sure that everybody's listening to one another and trusting that if, if this job needs to get done, this person's going to do it, you know, and I, I just don't know if we have that yet. I'm not concerned about the offensive line yet, Greg, for this simple reason is that we have not done the, type of play calling that can help them. You know what I'm saying? It's like, obviously the defense knows it's going to be a pass or it's going to be a run. That's what we're working on in those situations. The other thing about the, I'm not exceptionally concerned when it comes to the offensive line just yet is I haven't seen individuals on that line that I'm just so concerned about, you know, there's not to me the Matt Khalil, no. On this line, you know, to where, not, like, I don't yeah. know. I haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen anybody like, damn, that dude's getting beat like a drum yet. So, yes, have or have things been great? No, just yet. But I don't feel like we have a reason at this point to think that it's impossible to roll with. Where are your concerns? If you were going to rank your concerns, CK's with offensive line, number one, where are you at, Greg, number one? Well, just to touch real quick on the offensive line thing, I want to put it in perspective. Like I said, we were playing the Super Bowl champions, and you know, Bill Belichick's big thing is his defense. Like that's what he does. And they weren't that good on defense last year, and I feel like he was really trying to figure out if they had what it took. Like he was trying to learn about his own team a little bit. Well, but you got to remember too, the last time this defense was out there that we saw them, they held the one of the best offenses in the NFL to three points in the Super Bowl. Well, you're right about that. So, I mean, we, were, we weren't playing nobody. So, so to True. not have a great first setting with the starting offensive line is not that big of a deal to me, as long as they can gel together eventually. And Cam Newton does cover some of that up. So uh, I like that one play where he tossed it away early. You know what I'm saying? He got outside yeah. the tackle box. He tossed it away. There was nothing there. Uh, I felt like he made you know good decisions. The ball looked accurate when he was throwing it. The, the the other thing is, do you think there's any credence before we move on to your, I guess, concern when when still on the offensive line 
Everybody's upset that Cam didn't throw it away. I don't think that this is a re legitimate argument. And the reason I say this is that should Cam have gone down is the question. Like, you can't say throw it away because you can't throw it away when you're standing in the pocket and and not get a penalty. So if he throws it away and he gets a penalty, he'll be like, duh, Cam, you right. don't know what you're doing, this and that. The I think the the more realistic thing or the correct thing would be is just take a knee, like do the Eli Manning crumple. <laughs> but I mean, or it didn't look to me. Where are you at with Kim? I guess on that play where he was injured. Uh, man, it was just a fluke. To be truly honest with you, uh, it, it didn't look like it was any kind of contact. It didn't look like there's anything that he could have done otherwise to stop it from happening. It's just one of those things. It's it's like uh, when somebody you know tears their Achilles. Or, or, you know, tears their ACL when they get hit. It, it just happens, you know, that it's part of football injuries. Luckily, verified by, you know, Ron Rivera today, he's definitely going to start week yeah. one. So he's out of a walking boot today, or not, well, Monday, I guess. Uh, he was throwing today. So as far as I understand, he should be good to go. I, I'm not too concerned with that play. Were you upset, Accents I guess? Happen. I guess my ultimate question here is this, is that there's all this talk about whether the preseason matters. Should we be playing people this and that? I don't feel like Cam was over fighting. I don't feel like he was over fighting. So for people that are like, I, I saw Steve Smith break his leg in a preseason game one time. He was over fighting. He was trying right. to do Steve Smith crap. Yes. Was Cam Newton kind of dancing around and doing this? I don't think it was Possibly. overboard. But I yeah. don't think it was overboard to the fact that, like, gosh, like, Cam, you're putting yourself out there. He was just actually – he never touched anybody. Right. Well, if so. you go back and look at it, it looks like he's kind of running for his life. Mm -hmm. You know, like, he, he's scrambling around everywhere. That wasn't really his fault. He was just trying not to get, you know, mollywopped. Man, yeah. that's so. what he does, man. Like, he can dance yeah. in this. It's like Mayweather. Yeah. Floyd Mayweather can fight in a phone <laughs> booth, man. Just real yeah. tight and close. But all right, so now that we've talked about that, where you where's the concern at for the team? One of my biggest concerns was going to be the secondary. I know this sounds weird, but I was watching that game, and every time we would get them in a position where we could have got the ball back or we could have stopped them right there, we played that stupid zone defense, and they were picking our zone defense apart. And, I, and every time I was like, stop playing zone, stop playing zone. And every time they did it, and every time they got picked apart, when you play zone against a good quarterback that has a little bit of time, it's never going to work. You know, well, not never, but it's tough. it doesn't work as well. You know, it's tough and, to pick and, Brady I, apart. Yeah. It's a, it's tough to do that. The only way you can do it is when your front, when your front is getting that crazy pressure. Right. And they can get that crazy pressure, but when we're really not bringing everything we want to. And, that's and what guys aren't say. playing. That's just not what is going to happen. So you don't get the pass rush and the thrust there. For me, and we'll kind of move on after this because I think we're ranking a lot of it and because we're going to come back to old Gano and his, his crazy leg. But I actually think special team. Actually, I'm going to class. I'm going to umbrella it. Special teams to me is a concern right now. We have Graham Gano, who is missing in action, the mysterious injury of Graham Gano. I don't even like Graham. I'm like one of those. I don't feel like I dog on players unnecessarily, but when I do dog on a player, I can I do dog on him unnecessarily. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't just use it. But when I get on it, it's like a dog with an itch, man. I don't, I'm yeah. going to stick with it. And Graham Gano has been one of those guys. That I just committed to 
I don't think I'm he's, he's just not my dude. He's not the guy I'm going to fight for. And Graham Gano is mysteriously injured. Whatever is going on with his leg, we don't know. We also know that there's been questions about his performance with the team. In the past, he was neck and neck with Harrison Butker. We really missed the opportunity at that point three years ago to move on from Graham Gano. Instead, we extend him up and down since then. He's up and down. He will make a 63-yard field goal and then miss a damn extra point right after. So there's these question marks around that. And then add to it, our punt return game again stinks. Yep. And well, I want to like the Godwin guy. I want to like all of them, but he doesn't look reliable right now. He's, like, he's nervous back there. And right now, kicking and returning kicks, not so good. Yeah. That my concern, I'll be honest with you, is not necessarily about the return game because if you look at uh, the Bears, you know we were averaging what forty yards per return. I mean, he's it was great it if was he insane. catches it, but he's always That's, it looks uncertain that he's going to catch it every time. But and, it, and it's a matter of confidence, I think, and I agree on that point. I am more detrimentally concerned by the fact that every time the Patriots got the the ball. They were able to get a punt return of forty yards and, and have the yeah. uh, incredible field position. My concern that one is: dude, Did you see that one guy hurdle and dive? I felt like yeah, yeah, that white guy for the Patriots, and he got an man. extra like fifteen yards out. I was hoping he was going to get planted when he yeah, went there. He is yeah. uh, do that a couple more times. Bro. Yeah, do that a couple more. one time. That he's going to get planted. Is He'll stop not going to work. I tell yep. you that is that I was <laughs> like, not oh leave God, your feet that, in the NFL. I thought my ground, man was about to die. I really yeah. did. I was like, oh, he about to die right here. All right. So the concern right there. Oh, all right. So in continuing to round out that concern on special teams, no concern on Mike Pilardi. Dude can no. boot the shit no. out of yeah. it all the yeah. time. He's amazing. And if I have to hear, um, Mick Mixon loves the direction <laughs> of uh, Mike Pilardi's punts oh he does i lo- i like mick mix i ain't gonna lie so for me it's, it's some it's somewhere in that um that special teams component because we we just tend to f- forget how, every year that we have been good and any team i feel like has been exceptional they have been better than average on special teams but think about how many wonderful games in the nfl have been changed by that dynamic, you know, well, and if you got a guy who's fielding punts, we just never comfortable without Ted Ginn. That's the problem. I hate freaking Ted Ginn, but my man can catch a punt. He can't catch a pass to save his freaking life, but he can catch a punt. And I'm worried a little bit about God went back there. The confidence issue. I don't know if we got it solved, Greg. Yeah. Well, you know, the thing is, uh, real quick, Tin Tizzy in the chat, where did I find it out? He says that he called the Gano going on IR a long time ago and that Sly's going to steal his job. Or, uh, yeah, Sly's going to steal his job. And I agree. I, I, you know, Graham Gano's good. He, he's, he's been there for a long time, but, uh, you know, Sly's six for six in the play in the preseason. He kicked a 55 yard that could have cleared 60 easy. Uh, so I, I think Sly's going to take that job. I really, or I hope he does, at least in my opinion. Uh, but, that with the Panthers, the entire time I've watched them, we've never been a strong special teams. Like we've never been strong at returning punts, returning kickoffs. Not we've had our few Steve every Smith once in a was while. Doing it, not since Steve Smith was doing it, maybe a little bit with Ted Ginn. 
I'm trying but to even then, it wasn't that. great, you know? And I think you can make up for a, a weak special teams if you have a good uh, turnover ratio. If you can have a defense that has a lot of turnovers, you can make up for that special teams or that lacking of special teams. You can't lose yardage so. on those, and you really do. There's a lot of respect, CK, when you hear analysts. Just listen to it. Mark my words. Take your notes, C3 listeners, on this point. It's just listen to subtle comments from people that have been in the game that are calling games when it comes to guys who don't fair catch everything. Right. You know, is there is a, like, you go get it, then you go after it. There's a certain hero moment there that dudes appreciate. CK, we have not been there at this point when it comes to that, is that we don't have a guy that we feel super confident with. And this has been the bane of existence for any team that the Panthers have had a lot of talent on. They haven't done well. We lose Ted Ginn in, I think, 2014, and we stink. And special teams is a problem. Philly Brown's out there doing this and that and this and that. Uh, Brenton Burson's fumbling crap, I think, against the Bears. And then in 2015, Ted Ginn, Gum- Ted Ginn that was his game. How do we solve this problem, Cody? Can you go? Can you go into this season with Terry Godwin and just be like, "This is our dude"? I don't think at this point in time we're going to do anything other than have him as yeah, our, our yeah, kicker right. turner. Go get him, so, brother! I mean, Fucking wet behind the ears, just suck it up, Buttercup. <laughs> I mean, it's unfortunate, but it's the truth. I, I just don't see a, a, a situation where we uh, aren't where we're going to let him go. I mean, let's be honest. I think he's got a lock on that sixth wide receiver spot. Um, I, I, I just don't know what to expect. I mean, outside of, uh, uh, you know, something crazy like getting Gen back or something like that. I think that Terry Godwin's just got to get his feet underneath him. And I think he'll, yeah. uh, go get you know, him. we'll have, I mean, you got to remember, you know, it's, it's a learning curve for some of these guys. And, and Steve Smith wasn't the greatest, uh, you know, rookie at first, but I mean, he came out and he, yeah he was yeah kick returning he was was. (laughs) yeah all right well we we need an answer back now so that's our concerns right now we've gone from offensive line to greg what was yours one more time uh the uh, defensive back or defensive back secondary yeah question and and we still have to ask is eric reed a a dirty player what is going on with that i uh, you know hating to say those words in a sentence when you're talking about your own player, but we will talk about that penalty. Mine is when it comes to special teams here, but guys, you're listening to the C3 Panthers podcast brought to you by Carolina cat chronicles.com. And we're hanging out tonight in the vivid seat studio. Look, go ahead and use the promo code overtime in the vivid seats, mobile app to save up to a hundred dollars on all ticket purchases. First time, customers only so we get that plug in and guys now we've got to also guilt and shame the audience i didn't notice this until someone in the chat room said what's up only 16 thumbs up and then i flipped over to the stream there's 51 people watching live right now folks smash the thumbs up button subscribe thank you though susan deans for the wonderful donation, but also thank you, every one of you, 51 of you, for your time. Actually, 50 of you, because one of those is probably me. 50 of you uh, for your time and your attention. That's fantastic. Wonderful to hang out with you on a Tuesday night. Guys, I think we should jump into the cat calls 
where we let homeboys hang out with us and talk. The number is 252-228-1598. That is 252-228-1598. You can be a part of the show. Call any time of the day and leave a message. You got your three minutes to be on the show. Let's see what you guys got tonight. So what are your thoughts on Real, real quick, Tony, before you start oh, that, that I want to throw one thing out there. Go ahead. Why do we not put DJ Moore returning punts? Ooh. That man is the best with the ball in his hands in open field. Why is he not returning punts? Because he struck. He had a pro, well, Redskins game last year. Yep, that's it. You said it's okay. <laughs> you said it. Redskins game. That's <laughs> okay. it. That's it. And you know what? It shouldn't be, but it is. All right. Okay. That's it. Cat calls. So, what are your thoughts on cat calling? Yeah, it's pretty. You shouldn't do that to somebody. And how did that make you feel? Uh, very uncomfortable. So, how do you think cat calling makes the person feel? It feels good, like. I bet you it's gonna be CK. <laughs> In a world where we have no backup quarterback. Hey guys, it's Cody from Roanoke. Sorry, just uh, figured I'd throw a little bit of fun in there. Um, Thursday morning before the Patriots game, um, listening to the final, the wrap-up of the podcast from Tuesday, um, one of the questions one of the people had, I can't remember his name now, forgive me, um, was about not seeing highlights from DJ Moore. Um, and I thought about that. Uh, that's something that I had been concerned with as well until you realize they haven't shown any highlights from Christian McCaffrey either, right? So, I mean, I think it may be almost this sleight of hand. Not saying that Curtis Samuel's not good. I think he is. But I think they're trying to put all the attention on him to allow there to be some sort of a free-up of DJ Moore. I mean, at least maybe I'm getting too deep in the conspiracy theories, but that's mm. what it feels like, right? I will ask, I'm going to ask this guy all about this question. From the stars, either. Uh, I got to be honest so with you, Tony. I can't hear the cat There's calls. almost this yeah, feeling like uh, our team knows sure how good they are. Hopefully ask the people if And the coaches know how good they are, but they're not going to tip their hands. Yeah, I just turned on the, uh, the YouTube uh, how good we sound, are. and I could so hear the cat call. I heard the first, like, 15 seconds, but because there's a delay, uh, I wasn't able to get all the way through with that. Yeah, you know, no, I can't hear, but that's a good idea. I'll turn on the YouTube call. I'll be a little behind, but I can hear it that way. This is possible. This might be happening. This might be happening. Yeah, I didn't mute on my hangout, so I wasn't. We'll find out, I guess, week one. But tonight, super stoked about the game. First time. So... Tony, you wanted me to call after I was at the uh, Bills game last week, and I completely uh, split my mind. We left about halfway through. Um, I was so bummed when they didn't have uh, any of the starters, really, aside from Curtis and, and DJ Moore out there, and they weren't out there very long. So um, I'm, I'm really excited to see that tonight. Uh, Susan, Dean, thanks again uh, for the experience. Loved it. Uh, Tony, you're going to have a blast on week one. Uh, I already said that. But uh, anyway, guys, uh I guess tonight just going to be looking to see how Cam holds up with that throwing motion with the uh, actual real threat of pressure and everything. If he keeps it uh, keeps it together and can still be Cam, I think we're in uh, we're in good shape with him moving forward for the rest of the season, guys. Uh, optimistically, as long as he can stay healthy, that is a big caveat. All right, I'm Especially cutting you off. I'm cutting you. Off. <laughs> good guy, CK. 
CK, can you hear me now? Greg, can you hear me? Nobody can hear me. All right, so I changed my microphone. Wrong one, obviously. Yo, can you guys hear me? I can hear you. Yes. I, I can hear you. Yeah. All right, can you hear me now? All right. So you couldn't hear the call, but the call was CK. So I'm going to ask you this, CK. Can you answer your own call? Mm. You, you <laughs> might have to remind me on what I was saying. I don't about, even know what but... you're saying. It's going on for and ever and ever and ever, but we're worried about this quarterback. Let me ask you this. Can you hear this? So what are your can thoughts you on cat now? calling? Yeah, it's pretty sh You shouldn't do this. Oh, I can it hear is. it now. You can yep. hear it now. Okay. I can hear it now. This is the beginning of your call to refresh your memory. And so what are your thoughts on CatCon? The, the wrap-up of the podcast was about not seeing highlights from... Oh, that's what it was, is this. Is that, are you... The question was about highlights from DJ Moore. Sleight of hand. Do you still feel this way? You were saying this is ultimately that do not be concerned about DJ Moore. Because we don't, we're not concerned about Christian McCaffrey, and we don't hear about him. Yeah. And I think that's a great argument. And I would say this is I'm not cr concerned about DJ Moore, but Cody, why is my man not returning punts? <laughs> Redskins. I'm just yes, so yes, uh, oh my gosh! <laughs> but but why? Yeah, I think that is legitimate. It's like why not? He is good with the ball in his hand. I think this so. Now, you come in there, you say you're feeling good about these guys. DJ Moore has been missed. He was, actually he was in there in that game. He tried to pull away. Didn't he have that game that 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 play early in the game where he was trying to do that move that he did early in the season last season and got away from a tackle? But that dude was holding on to his leg. I was like, if that dude twists his knee right now, if that dude no. I was so scared. Do you guys remember that play? Uh -huh. yeah, yeah, I do uh, because I thought I saw him. He was so close to getting that first down. If that dude hadn't had a hold of his leg, it would have been uh, lights out at that point. But right. yeah, well, it was an incredible play. We're gonna I move on. We're gonna move on to the next call, and maybe you can hear this. And I bet you it might. It might even be you. I don't even know. Here it comes. Let's see. And tell me if you guys can't hear it. Hey guys, what's up? It's Nick, aka Seven Clock Crawlers. Um, just checking in from Foxborough. Man, that was a tough game to watch. You know, I was really hoping that we would do a lot better, especially with the starters. It's real tough to see us go three and out on a lot of plays. You know, and the fact that we couldn't make it past the 50 yard line for a vast majority of the plays, that, that really hurt. Um, yeah. Me personally, I think Will Greer, that's the end. You know, it's in week two, <laughs> he followed the receiver way too that's much with his eyes, and it was really easy to I pick him off. That. Seemed like he did a little bit better as far as watching those eyes, but it was tough to tell from where I was sitting. Um, but man, it was real disappointing. Another thing I wanted to point out was I didn't see Cam on the sidelines. I know that usually he tries to uh, tries to hype everybody up, but I didn't see him at all. Maybe it was just because of my seat that I didn't see him. But would love to hear you guys' thoughts. So. Cody, can't wait to have a beer with you when me and Josh come down from Mass. Tony, you're more than welcome, man. Add me on Facebook, guys. Nick Montero. I'm friends with Josh. So talk to you guys soon. Keep coming. You got it, brother. All right, so we talked a little bit about not seeing Cam on the sidelines. He was trying to hype dudes up after the three and out in the beginning. 
I think the 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 ultimate answer to that call about the when it comes to Cam is that we have seen him kind of happy and jovial on the sidelines at practice. You know what I'm saying? Like he's joking around when they're coming in on the court. He's doing the Forrest Gump wave. He's out there doing some things in practice while he's not participating just yet. I think it's clear. I don't. Does anybody actually feel like this was my concern? And I'll start with CK. I was really worried when they came out and they were talking about the foot and it's not this and it's not that. Does anybody have the concern when you're talking millions and billions, millions of dollars of revenue of all this coming in? You hear the clamoring of Trent Williams claiming that the Redskins staff botched his medical stuff. I was worried, man, for I almost needed a full 48 hours after they said it was just a sprain to feel like I believed their news. Was there, (laughs) does that make sense at all? Is that like that I need, that I was concerned about what the press release really meant? Not to bring up, uh, you know, something that has nothing to do with us, but I think after what's happened with Andrew Luck, I think mm-hmm. we all have the right to be concerned until we know we see him back on the field playing at yeah. the capacity that we know he's capable of. So, um, you know, I think I, I at this point in time, if, if you have a injury prone quarterback, which I wouldn't say Cam is, I think um, you're always going to hold your breath until you know without a shadow of a doubt things are going to be okay. So. Greg and Lou of, um, what's his name? The oh, hold on, I just for Andrew Luck, in lieu of Andrew Luck. I mean, we're actually um, should we talk about that just for a quick moment? Is that Andrew Luck mysteriously after all of this retires? We have this vendetta against him personally. I admit I have a personal vendetta against him because he broke up with us before we ever asked him out. When it comes to drafting him, we got Cam Newton. Thank you. I married a more beautiful woman in the end is the way I feel about it. But a lot of things going around that you Cam goes down. You hear this about the coaching. You know, you just wonder for a second. I was nervous. Where you at on the luck thing a little bit? Well, no, I, I agree with you with the whole uh, the two days afterwards, not really feeling right about it and kind of feeling unsettled about it because when it comes to sports, you got to realize that these executives and these training staffs and coaches, they're playing a game of chess. You know, you you don't want to reveal all your cards. You don't want to let your moves go. You don't want people to know what's going on with you because you're game planning. People, other people are game planning against you. And to a certain extent, sometimes they don't know exactly what's going on. And Andrew Luck is a perfect example. Uh, You know, Kevin Durant, I hate to bring in a different sport, but Kevin Durant, same kind of way. And I think that really sparked a lot of things, especially with the Kevin Durant thing. Uh, I was the same kind of way. Uh, even when he walked off of that chess. boot and they said that the next day that he was going to be, it was just a foot sprain, he's going to be okay. Until I saw news today that he was in practice throwing, I was kind of uncomfortable. Uh, as far as Andrew Luck goes, that's a crazy situation. Uh, my, my best friend is a Colts fan, and I was actually eating dinner with him the other night, uh, and we were at dinner. <laughs> and that that's when that happened. And he just held his phone up and showed it to me and said, please tell me it's not true. And I looked up ESPN.com and NFL.com and yeah, it, it was true. Uh, I, I don't know what to think about what training staffs and coaches say about injuries because I, I don't feel like I can trust them. 
because I feel like they're going to tell you what they need to tell you to sell to you what they want to sell to you. But uh, the player is also complicit in that. You know what I mean? No, they have a voice. Yeah. They have a voice in this process. Now, when it comes to, first, when it comes to luck thing, <sighs> this guy sent me a message. Uh, it's terrible is that you know because you are in in, in here i hate to uh, segue this to a fantasy football discussion but i always like my fantasy football drafts to be late so that when people get injured in week three or whatever i think it's just better to draft closer to the end Agreed. i don't want to pick lamar miller or Agreed. obviously things or like now andrew luck. andrew luck and then OJ Simpson puts out a video that says, Oh damn, Andrew, look, you just retired. And this guy I know who's really very snarky on Twitter. It's funny. I we argue all the time. We hate each other. We're nemesis. But he's funny. He said, Run, Andrew Luck. Hobble out of there. Whatever you gotta do. OJ's <laughs> upset that you Oh, I was like, Oh, I about oh, died. All right. So um still more just to talk real about. Quick. Go ahead. Mention that in the C3 draft you had the other night, I had a guy in my league that drafted Andrew Luck. Mm. And I couldn't believe when I saw oh, it. Oh, and that was after. <laughs> I couldn't it. believe when that I was saw after. it. I was like, and it was, like, the... it was like seventh or eighth round, too. Yeah. He's old enough. I was like, oh, man. He, he screwed up. All right. Yeah. You're listening to the C3 Panthers podcast brought to you by CarolinaCatChronicles.com. Every Tuesday night, we chop it up, we hang out, talk Panthers football. CK, it's 47 minutes, 45 minutes in, and now I'm mentioning. That every week after the games this year, the C3 Panthers podcast is going to have a post-game show. CK messaged me. He said, you should probably mention this early in the show. <laughs> and 45 minutes in, I finally say, hey, every post-game, after the game, we're going to have a show. And you can call in to the Cat Calls line. I'm going to download it. A lot of games. I'm going to be at a lot of games this year. So this is going to be the fun part is that we're crashing and Cody don't even know it. He does kind of know it. He's not here tonight, but we're crashing his house. And oh, after sure. the games, we're coming to Cody's house. Me and CK, we're going to be doing these post-game shows. And then I'm going to be driving back to Greenville. So there's going to be <laughs> no drinking for Tony on these game days. It's going to be fun. So check out that. You can also pre-order your T-shirt, the Keep Pounding T-shirts. They'll be here this week. I'm still giving discounts till they are here and uh, whatever. Support the show. Subscribe. Hello? Be a part of it. Let's go to the next call. I must have pushed refresh 973 times to get an update on this Cam Newton injury. <laughs> Damn. Please. I, mean, I hope he's all right. And they didn't you say what. All that I gotta say is if this is a season in the injuries. <laughs> Look, these are the panic calls after the game. Directly yeah. after the game. What? Yeah. Call Mr. Hey, look, he's talking to somebody about this. Alright. So here, thank you for the call. And what what we got there is guys, is that in that game we saw and and this is the time to bring it up, fellas is we've debated, debated my, my friend, Bill Daughterive on, on Facebook has said like, guys, why did you talk so much shit about cam being hurt or potentially getting hurt? He's like the C3 podcast brought this on. You guys kept saying they be really doing good play. We're going to play them. But my heart dropped into my stomach 
not just when Cam got hurt because I didn't look at it and go, oh, that's that bad. I was like, I'm feeling good. I'm all right. He's going to be all right. He could come out. I know Cam. He winces like that all the time. Not that bad. But then, while he's over there getting checked out, freaking Luke Keekley tackles some dude or gets some scrummed up in this, and he was grabbing his wrist. I about shit a brick then. Guys, I don't know what the benefit is at this point. If you're trying to tell us that uh, I'm trying to tell you that this team is better than they looked and that these guys are better than all this and we're in, I don't know. Are you at any point worried? I don't know. I don't even know the question. Is it about the preseason or is it about just Luke and, and Cam? You know, maybe it's not the preseason that is the problem. Maybe it's just this, is that without Luke or Cam, we are fucked. I agree with you 100%. My only thing is with the preseason, I I think the preseason should be shorter. <clears throat> I think the starters should only play one game, but here, and they only do play one game usually. But the thing is, even if you shorten the preseason, this game is always a game where somebody can get injured. So let me ask you this, Tony. Would you rather the, the Cam Newton and the uh, Luke Keekley injury happen in week one of the regular season or in week three of the preseason? Mm. You know that that's the that's the only argument neither, you can have against having neither, it a long preseason. right? And I would yeah, have well, to neither say, obviously, yeah. I would have. But, but the to thing is, anytime one. you go out there, you're going to risk getting getting injured. But that's that's all there is to it. You're you right. Know? I mean, you so, like it's just kind of one of those things. It's like a bad <clears throat> moment almost. Yeah. You well, know, and I'll just, say this much with regard to it, though, the way I was looking at it was one of two ways, and 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 one way we don't want it to be is it because Cam Newton was getting older. Because, I mean, this is not an injury we've seen. He's been able to make those moves and never had this happen. Um, and as he's getting older, obviously, these little things can happen. Or is it because he hasn't been able to move pretty much all preseason? Normally, he at least plays one or two seasons, you know, preseason games prior to this, at least one or two series. And he didn't. And all of a sudden, now he's thrown into the mix and he's having to go up against an actual pass rush that is coming at him full force. Uh I think it's a matter of stretching almost, you know, it's like, if you don't stretch, you're going to pull a hammy, right? Same concept. I think he hasn't had the ability to actually be mobile. He hasn't had to worry about people hitting him until literally week three of the preseason. Maybe he's just 30 years old and that he would have never had a mid foot sprain when he was 24. You know, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if there is a way to prevent it. I guess that going back to your question, Greg, is this, is would you rather have it in week three or week one? I guess it's just going to always happen. Whether it's week three or week one, we don't know which one. And if you shorten the preseason, then it may happen in week one. And sometimes it's going to happen in week three of the preseason. Big shout out to William Robinson. Thank you for the contributions to the show. He said we dodged a bullet with Luck staying his senior year to yeah. study i'm gonna add on to this because everybody says it was architecture i continue to claim that luck was an interior design major but greg going back to that what do you think you do do you shorten the preseason or do you just is it just is what it is for me personally i'd like to see this preseason shortened to two ga- two games a year and have an 18 week uh, regular season with two bye weeks for each team. I think that you can set each team up where they have, because we're trying to do international games now. I think you could set each team up where they have at least one international game a year and you have a bye immediately after the international game and that then have each team be. have one you Thursday have night have game. That. That's exactly yeah. right. 
And then one team have a Thursday night game and they have a bye after the Thursday night game. Uh, you know, I can't do the math because I'm not that smart, but these guys who make the schedules can. So everybody has a Thursday night game and an, an international game. And then after those games, they have each of their buys. I'm all just right. Personally, with that I, think is that I think we just shorten it the two preseason games and keep it at 16 weeks and do the two week buys. Man, the, the two uh, buys. Like, I understand yeah. that. Like, I'm okay. I'm personally okay with them extending 18 games. Like, I'm cool with that because I love football and I want to watch two more weeks of football. But I don't know if the players should be okay with that. Ultimately, they should want two buys in the season no matter what at 16 weeks. Well, There's let me ask you. Games. There's plenty of games. Oracle. Well, they've been playing 16 weeks for a long time with one buy. So, let me ask you, Tony. Would you Do you want two weeks of the regular season where you can't see a Panthers game? Yeah, yeah, because I don't want to really? have that. Okay. I want to have that one game first. I want to. I want to have that that game where I don't have like where my guys get better, and I'm like, oh, we're getting we're getting momentum. We're going okay. that. And I think the other thing too is that I want. Um, I hate those days where there's like twelve games at one o'clock. Yeah, and I'm like, oh my the god, first four weeks of the season. Yeah, first it's four. like, oh my god, there's so many games on right now. So I wish that there were four games instead of eight or whatever it is. All right. Let's okay. keep going through those calls. The number is 252-228-5098. We have so many to do. <laughs> hey, guys. It's Josh from Math. Um, just getting in uh, home from uh, tonight's New England preseason game. Oh, he was there. Oh, Josh. <laughs> and uh, I, I... I feel you, brother. Sucks. I really wish I didn't have a lot to say about this game. <laughs> I I really wish I didn't, but I've got a we're, bunch. This is probably we're not dumping be too it. Calm. Don't worry. Um, so I, I apologize in advance. Um, let but it I doubt out. It's a problem anyway. Uh, let's let's start with the O line. Um, the ones, um, disappointing. Um, too much pressure allowed on Cam. I mean, this man has spent all off season rehabbing the shoulder, so that way we could have a hope of of uh, you know a long ball game, and it just wasn't there. Um, There's pressure in his face, and, and it wasn't a left side right side thing. I mean, I'm gonna have to watch some more tape to definitively say, but it looked like it was just an overall problem with the O line allowing pressure, mm-hmm. um, and then you know the end of the first quarter, Cam has to leave the game with some kind of foot or ankle injury, which, um, excuse me for putting it bluntly, but that's fucking bullshit. Absolute bullshit. After what happened last year and, and everything that we we waited for and for everything we've waited to see for that to be an outcome of a preseason game, it's bullshit. There's no other term for it. It's bullshit. And I'm sorry if people's kids, wives, whoever are listening, but it's bullshit. Don't worry. You don't got to apologize for that, brother. You do not have to apologize. There's no wives, kids listening to this. (laughs) They all agree it's bullshit. Go ahead, Greg. Comment on it because there's still more to it. Well, I was going to ask, is he advocating that we should have the starters not play any preseason games at all? Because even if you reduce it to two and they play one, this, this can still happen. I think that's where he's yeah. at in CK. I don't think that uh, for the most part, I think that everybody that 
uh, to be honest, we haven't played our starters all preseason at all. And I, I think he's asking for us to take a, a book out of the Rams page where they don't play their starters at all. I think it's uh, kind of right now in this day and age. I know okay. it's sad, but it's like, Hey, they don't tackle in freaking college anymore. So why should they even practice in the pros? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know. No, I don't know. Is we don't really know. I think it's just always going to be a problem. Greg is like, that's kind of what we're talking about is that it's always an issue and we're always trying to move. It's kind of, you're, you're trying to hit a moving target ultimately. Right. And I don't know if you will. I do think is that we could be a little bit more determinate in what we're trying to accomplish in the preseason. I don't know if that's a, the best way of describing it, but here is that, do you really just want your, your guys to have some action then let's go ahead and do it right away. Week one, and then file those dudes away. And then the next three weeks are only dudes trying to make the team. I don't know how you do it, right? But that's the problem. It's so wishy-washy is the preseason ultimately, right? Well, when did they determine that week three was the 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 the, the game that everybody came out, the starters came out to play? Like you're you're right. Why wouldn't it be week one? That doesn't make any sense. Why would you do it week three? You want to have the guys who are trying to make the team come in the last three weeks and prove themselves the last three weeks. Maybe they they should change that game, the dress rehearsal to game one. I guess yeah. maybe they're worried that the distance between week one and week one, <laughs> week one of the preseason, <laughs> yeah. week one of the regular season is too long. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what the magic formula is, and I don't think there is one. I think, though, being more intentional with what you're trying to accomplish in the preseason, maybe maybe it's week four. Maybe it's, you know what I'm saying? It's just like, here, we're going to give everybody a quarter. I don't know. But right now, I don't feel like we're learning a ton in the preseason, and I hope the coaching staffs are. Let's continue with the call. I'm living. And I think everybody in the nation should be livid. Absolutely out of your mind about what we saw tonight. It was bad. Beyond bad. It was trash. You guys couldn't open up a fucking lane for McCaffrey. They couldn't give Cam time. What the fuck are you doing in there then? What are you doing? These are your jobs. Protect the quarterback and open running lanes. And if you can't do either then it's time to flush it, period. Fire everybody. Find some new fucking fools because it was <laughs> bad. Upset. And I'm just about at three minutes, so I'm going to hang up. And I'm going to call back again. I, <laughs> I can't wait to hear the second call. I, uh, quick question on that. One of the things I was thinking about is that as we continue to talk as the Panthers line was trash, that's what I saw on Twitter. Is like, And I don't think it was. I think we got beat like a drum on that one play, which made it look terrible. And I won't say it looked like fucking they were dominating either. I'm not saying they were trash, but ultimately it's like recyclables. That's what I'm saying. But my thing is, is when I'm looking at this, is that I don't even know what I was going to say. Here, let's just go to the next call. Well, hold on real quick. Before you go to the next call, I, I do have to comment on what he said about, you know, McCaff- McCaffrey only touched the ball four times. Three of them was a run. One was a pass. One was he, a he had, three for 14 yards. Right. That's what I'm saying. He did average 5.3 yards per carry because of that carry. So, I mean, if he only did three carries and he averaged 5.3, even though I know one was a big one, I mean, every play is not going to be a big play. 
It came back it, to me. Came back so. to me, Greg. Is can you hear me? If if yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. So my question is: If we continue to talk about these O line problems, this is what was fleeting my mind at the moment. Is everybody tells me John Matsko is the best coach in the history of the world? Why is this offensive line not better? They haven't had time to gel, that man. I mean, they've got a lot of new players and a lot of new roles and a lot of different positions. They're trying to figure out Little. They're trying to figure out Paradis. I mean, the, the, of all positions in the in the entire NFL, the offensive line has to be the one that gels the best because the games are won in the trenches. I don't care what anybody says. I know the game's going to throwing and, and, and a long long ball, but the games are won in the trenches because even to get the long ball out there, you've got to have protection. CK, so, go, uh, CK, when when does is Matsko an untouchable person? I don't think anybody's untouchable under Tapper. Agreed. <laughs> All right. Agreed. I don't know a way to say it, but everybody tells me he's like a savant when it comes to the offensive line. Our offensive line always stinks. So I don't know. All right. Let's keep going here. Josh from Mass. What you got? So, Josh from Mass again, guys. <laughs> uh, more thoughts on the pass game. Um, I already touched on the O line with the last call. Um, let's go to the defense. I felt like. The defense looked very flat, um, under very underwhelming, a lack of pressure. And I noticed we were running a pretty fair amount of 4-3 base defense instead of 3-4 stuff. And I get it because the Patriots tend to run a lot of that, um, you know, the, the, the old shenanigans with, you know, James White, Sony Michelle, etc. You know, living here in Mass, I've seen it throughout the years. The names change. The scheme doesn't. Um, so for us uh, to not have really just felt like we didn't have much of a clue about what we were doing um, was disappointing. Um, and really, between the O-line and the defense, it felt like the trenches in general – we're just a letdown, D line, O line, um, you know, and and for a preseason game, seeing Cam leave on, I think it was the third offensive series, maybe the fourth. I really hope this is nothing major. Um, and whether it's Cam or anybody else back there, um, the O line needs to shape up and fast, because otherwise <laughs> the season's already a loss in my eyes. If the O-line can't give him time to make good, solid use of, of his newly healed shoulder and operated shoulder, if, if he doesn't have opportunities to use that, to use his strength, then we're not going to go anywhere. Because let's face it, the man ain't getting no younger, and the ideology of him running around to avoid pressure, to avoid problems, Look, I love Cam. I love his mobility. But we, as the man gets older, we can't lean on that. It cannot be a crutch. We cannot lean on that Jerry Richardson-esque idea of we have a mobile quarterback so we can get away with having a trash O-line. Okay? Yes, we got to the Super Bowl on that type of mentality, but we didn't win one on that mentality. You won't win one on that mentality. I don't care who you are. I don't care what your team is. This team tonight showed some serious, 
serious deficiencies that, if not addressed, we're not going anywhere, period. We're not going to win a fucking game this year if these things don't. Okay, it looks like cut him off. CK, you want to take that one, man? <laughs> I, I don't really know if you can comment on it. I think he covered a lot of the bases that I think uh, I think most of the fan base felt after that game because there was so much uncertainty. Um, yeah. I think since then, you know, things have co- – once again, we live and die day-to-day in this world and this in the, in the sports world that we – uh, are constantly subjected to with the news alerts and everything, but uh, we we clearly are are in a position where uh, we're emotional because our optimism is so high for our team this year. Yeah. Uh, if we weren't so optimistic, I don't think we would have this type of emotional reaction to a preseason game. Let's be honest. Well, I get that. Well, where I can agree with him on the call, as far as uh, we can't rely on Cam Newton covering up everything anymore and the offensive line does have to step in and be better uh, it's one of those things the offensive line can't be built in a year it can't be built in two years they've got to mesh together like i said it's one of the most important uh aspects of the game for them to gel together and as far as what he was saying was you know we did in 2015 and we got the super bowl you got to take everything into consideration we played the broncos that year and if you go back and look at it statistically they were like the number six defense of all time in the nfl so for, for them to, to, to have the defense they did and us to play the way we did, I mean, you can't really put that on, on the offensive line in that situation. But I feel like he's right. We do need to solidify the offensive line, but it takes time. You know, it, you only learn from your mistakes, and you can only get better from where you are right now. I, I just feel like I, I can tell he made this call immediately after the game. Mm-hmm. And where, I'm willing to bet if he called right now, he'd feel a little different. Where are your expectations now for the team? This is kind of where I was at after this game. I've learned one of the great things about doing the podcast on Tuesday. We do the post game right after the game, where you can be a part of that show, calling into the cat calls line. The numbers two five two 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 eight fifty ninety eight. Plug plug plug. But. Every yeah, after the game, we're all riled up. You know what I'm saying? We're all in our feelings, we're all in our right. emotions, we're some kind of way, and all of this. And then by Tuesday, we're starting to put this a little bit in more perspective, guys. Really, I uh, where are you guys after at after this game? I think that's where it comes down to is that after the game, people were in some kind of way, yeah. and well, now that we see Cam Newton healthy. Or not healthy. That's not the right way. As we see that Cam Newton is not, we're not worried about this being a long-term debilitating injury. Are you really? I, I'm. I'm not really much. It, this didn't move the needle a ton for me. This preseason performance. I think it did maybe for a lot of people in the 24 hours after the game. But are you guys kind of coming back to center now? Well, I I kind of agree. Uh, it didn't really change my expectations because when I when I really sit down and think about it, it's a preseason game. After the game, I was irritated. Uh, you know, I, I had a lot of stuff to think about, but it's very much like the Andrew Luck situation. As soon as he retired, he had fans booing him. He he had people that were mad at him, and then a few days later, that narrative kind of changed because anytime you get upset about something, you're immediately going to it. huh? 
the world guilted us. I feel I actually <laughs> right. am like I feel bad for the booing fans, not because they booed. I think that's jerkish, but gosh, did we make it sound like they are the worst mugs in the world? <laughs> <laughs> no, I get that. I get that. But what I'm saying is, though, is immediately when it happens, anything in your life, not even when it just comes to football, anything in your life, when you're upset, you make you say things and do things you don't necessarily fully mean because we're we're animals. You know yeah. that we 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 run off emotion. Um, I, I just feel like, like I said, I, I agree with you. I don't think it really moved the needle for me whether this team is going to be better or worse based on what happened. Uh, but you got to remember that anytime any player goes out there, any kind of key player in a game, you know, a key position player, Luke Keekley, you know, uh, Cam Newton, anybody like that, Christian McCaffrey, they're almost never going to be a hundred percent. You know, so you got to take that with 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 what's going on because. <sighs> I don't know. My expectations just don't change, I guess, necessarily uh, after I see something immediately. I, I kind of try to take some time to sit on it and think about it and and let it stew in my brain. And then I kind of make a decision on what I what I think about what's going on. Uh, for me, though, didn't move the needle. I still have the same confidence. We're going to win the Super Bowl this year. I said it right here. So what is it? Last, the last call you know? was from Josh from Mass, right? Yeah. Coming mm-hmm. back from the game. I think there might be another one. <laughs> we had the first two. Yeah, he had those last two. So maybe, maybe it's cool down, cool no, down, yeah. Josh. I He's... apologize for the profanity laden. There you go. Messages here, <laughs> there you but go. I, I really think after seeing what is supposed to be, I love how we're watching the arc game. of his emotions. <laughs> and Cam's got an injury. He's and we coming don't know what down. It's coming down. He's um, been drinking. Seeing the O line play poorly, the D line play poorly. <laughs> Starting, we're we're feeling some kind of um, way here. I mean, I really hope that this is just preseason ball, looking like what it is. Games that don't matter, because my God. My All right, Josh, we're moving on. God. We're moving on. We're going to the next call. Let's see what you guys got. <sighs> Josh, Good again. morning. <laughs> this is Friday. Is this CK? The day after. It is. Shut up. Oh, it's even worse. This is getting worse. disaster. <laughs> they say it's just a sprain. Andrew Luck was supposedly just a sprain. <laughs> All I'm saying is I don't know if anybody else woke up this morning. All right, TK, we're moving on. You're tired. You're sad. Sorry to double down on this. (laughs) I'm super bummed out. CK comes back for call number four. But then I brought him on the show. Mainly that being right. Brian Burns. Let's talk about um, this. I like this part. I like this part of the but call. But last CK. night was a total oh, disaster. No. We're stopping it, it there. Was- we're stopping <laughs> there. Let's talk about this. Bright spots. I think this is where we're missing the storyline, guys. Yeah. I truly think this is that you guys, I know that I put it out there saying like, oh, I wrote this in my notes and this and that. I watched the game a couple of, ga- a couple of days ago. Like I've watched it three times. And I'm sitting there, and I'm going, yes, if you can try to not feel... For me, the Luke Keekley Luke Keekley messed his wrist up. 
and nobody's acting like it happened. But I saw it happen. I saw my man. Like it won't. It's not a big deal. It's not that big. But like I'm sitting there going, "Oh my gosh! Anything happens, this dude, he's the cam of the defense in so many ways." But I'm looking at that game, and I got a lot of positives coming out of it. Number one for me, guys, is that I thought Shaq looked fantastic. Shaq Thompson to me was flying around out there. He's making plays. He is what we need him to be, right? I think that that is a good sign for us. I continue to see our wide receivers to play okay, right? I mean, like, better than okay. Every time I see it, it's the quarterback is throwing it behind him, Curtis Samuel. I, I, And then last, I would say this is that my reasons for optimism, for me, Shaq is looking fantastic. That's a big, big deal to this team going forward. Second... I think that the the wide receivers look comparable. Like I think Curtis Samuel's doing what he needs to do. He's making space. And then last, I'm actually thinking this is McCaffrey is going to be the best back in the league, the best back in the league. He looks amazing, and I'm almost at this point comfortable with just him and Scarlett. I'm on the Scarlett bandwagon after that game. And then last, oh, it's not even last. It should be first. <laughs> Brian Burns. Brian Burns. Yes. yes. There is a lot to be excited about this. And the fact that I put off our first round pick, he's got four sacks through two games. Did you see the first sack he had where he actually overshot the quarterback and did a spin move to go back and got him forced fumble? That was amazing. Yeah. Like amazing. The recovery speed was great. I'm so tired though of the people that continue to like show his highlights Everybody, it never fails. Every single person just wants to talk about his weight. And I'm like, listen, he's just got four sacks in the preseason. Right. He's clearly got the MVP of the preseason from a defensive standpoint on any team, period. Stop talking about his weight. He's clearly got an ability to go around that issue, and he's been able to get to the quarterback every single time. He's productive. He's he's got production. Here, um, Greg, I need your opinion on this. What's up? My boy, Bill Daughterive, on Facebook, he messaged me. He said, oh, and he said, I'm going to leave you. We were talking back and forth. He said, we're going to leave you alone in a second, but can we please call Burns Spider-Man Pose the Peter Tingle? <laughs> well, you know, I'm totally cool with that, except the Peter Tingle does not exist anymore. What? <laughs> well, ever since the Sony snap, you know? Oh, but no, gosh. Go cool listen to Tell Me Your Podcast is because I listen to it. And it's over my head a lot of times. I'm like, I got to learn my my science fiction stuff. Not science fiction, my superhero <laughs> stuff. But you guys recently had an episode on the Sony Snap, right? Or whatever it we was. We did, actually. That, that was last week. Uh, we have, shameless plug. I'll do it right now since you put me out there. Uh, at Civil Super, excuse me, at Super Civil Servants Podcast. We just did a show last week where we talked about D23. Uh, everything happening with Disney and the new Disney uh, app coming out, Disney+. And then we uh, ranked... All the Marvel movies from twenty three to one, and gave our thoughts about that. It's kind of a long show, longer than normal. It's about two hours forty five minutes. Yeah, so it's a you know if you've got a ride, it's a good thing to listen to. We're trying to get in that, but what? Tell us about the Tingle thing real quick. Why? Oh, Peter. Well, tell us why. Uh, Because he says this Superman pose, the Peter Tingle. I Google it. The Peter Tingle looks funny. I was laughing. (laughs) I'm ready for it, but now we can't. Right. Well, basically, Sony and Disney couldn't come to an agreement on uh, 
on, on the terms for Spider-Man because basically Sony owned Spider-Man and they were kind of renting him to Marvel so that or MCU Studios so that way they could use him in Avengers. But MCU Studios only get was only getting five percent of that revenue from the movie. So when a Spider-Man movie did a billion dollars. MCU, who was doing all of the work, only got five percent of that, and they got kind of got tired of it, and they Way tried to, to renegotiate, and it never worked out. How now does Sony, Sony really own Spider-Man? I don't even understand how that's possible. It felt like it, he was created by Marvel. Marvel, Marvel it's, sold off. Right oh. in the early '90s, Marvel almost went bankrupt, so they sold off all their characters: the X-Men, the Fantastic Four, oh. all these characters are made by Fox and Sony. Everybody now they're trying to get them back because they're making a lot more money, uh, and they have a lot of them back now. All, right. Spider-Man's not one of them. Okay. So. All right, and they pulled the plug on. So we can't call it the Tingle. Maybe we can call it the Tingle, and we, we own the rights can, to it. We the own the rights. Right. We're free for it. All right. Keep going through these calls right here. <laughs> it's probably CK again. No, I'm done. Hey, C3, it's Nova Black. Y'all know I had to call in after this doggone preseason game last uh, night. Everybody's Y'all pissed. know we got the CQB1 play. I know everybody on the show going to be talking about it, saying he got hurt. It's okay. It's football. You're going to get hurt. Mm, Nobody agreed. wants Cam hurt. God, no, but guess what? It's reason, okay. Brother. He ain't. It ain't severe. It ain't a broken bone or nothing like that. QB1 will be back hopefully by week one. Um... But well, hopefully uh, he's gonna be there, buddy. QB one, ice up, man. Trying to keep the player alive. But anyway, the guy played <laughs> from from when he passed the ball. I think he got some good passes. Made some really good decisions. It's good to see his growth. Um, I think was that boy named Manhurst completely missed the block off the edge. Guy came in. He came. <laughs> that was a nice tackle. I like that tackle. Nice form tackle. Clean tackle. Good for hitting quarterbacks. Cam being smart, knowing he could have. Stayed up because he like that won't take him out. But he went down, you know, gave himself up. Good quarterback and shows a lot of growth. Anyways, the rookies and stuff, uh, what's my guy named Will Greer and Kyle Allen, mm. those guys averaged out. Brian Burns showed up again, two sacks yep. and a strip sack. Wow. But then, you know, it's all good because he still got way more room for growth. Now, the nickel situation wasn't too bad, even though Garland didn't play. Um, the safeties, I think the safety played well. Nova Black is going to get a job from the Panthers. So, so, you know, <laughs> what I see, I'm trying Great. to speed right through it. I see um, wide receiver play. New England guys have some really good coverage. Defensive line, a um, little slow on the push. Took them a little while to get the motor going. They started to get the, started to get the push, but as soon as they start getting real good push and stuff like that, you know, um, coach took him out. But Tom Brady is Tom Brady. You guys know that, right? Okay. Yeah. You know, put the ball where nobody can get it but his guy. And you can tell that they schemed for us a little bit, just like Buffalo, because they was getting the ball out fast, especially when we played 3-4, cause our, uh, three, four pass rushes. Insane. They, you got about three, four seconds that they'd be on your ass. And that's what it looked like to me. Um, anyways, um, I got a guy that stand out, the guy that stood out the most to me. Um, what's my man named? Jermaine Carter Jr. He, he was getting beat up. He, he looked a lot so of much better. Last week, came I felt back bad. Improved, way better, played way better. Seen the guys getting better every game. We're going to see what he's doing this next game. I think he might make the team. Um, anyways, you guys, keep on and tell me what your thoughts on Jermaine Carter Jr. and Andre Smith. You know the linebackers. <laughs> I want to commentate a game with Nova Black. 
Like, I want to watch a game with him. Let's commentate this game and record it. I just did yeah. the C3 podcast in less than three minutes. It took <laughs> Josh nine calls. It took CK 12 calls. Never <laughs> Black did the show in three minutes. He yeah. just did it. It was amazing. And I went out of all the things you talked about, I want to talk about Jermaine Carter Jr. I guys last week railed on the depth of this defensive uh, on these linebackers, these interior linebackers. We did not get to see Shaq and them out there and doing those things, but guys in the right situations, he looks so much better. It almost made me just say is week two, a bad game for him. And he's looking so much better. I think Nova blacks on it there. I'm, I mean, I'm feeling, look, it did. He, he didn't really say anything bad about this team. He actually had a little bit of praise for the Patriots. Uh, CK is that last week I was hard on those backup linebackers, but Nova Black brings a fantastic point. Is really this is what the preseason's about? It's about right. growth and developing to see that guy progress from week two to week three. That's a diamond in the rough right there. When we're actually just been crying about the injuries yeah. and all the other things. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's always nice to see somebody step up, especially, like you said, I mean, we had a uh, a poor outing against Buffalo from our outs, you know, our, our backup linebackers. We learned that our depth maybe wasn't a, uh, as deep as we had hoped, but, you know, to have somebody finally step up and, you know, put themselves in a position to show they're able to contribute uh, if, in fact, something happens to one of either, you know, Luke or, or Shaq. No, oh, uh, please no. I know, I know, but you know, it's the reality of what we live in, you know, we have to think that way and it's unfortunate. I'll tell you, you know, the one thing nobody has brought up, uh, in my opinion, I think Bradbury is in for a heck of a year. I mean, he He made a great play in that game too. I saw, yeah. I think he's, he's fighting for a a long, you know, contract and I think he's going to get it. I I just, I think that he's going to, He's going to have a Josh Norman type of year uh, because Josh Norman was under the radar. He did very good things for his first, you know, uh, for his rookie, you know, uh, his rookie deal. But um, it wasn't until his final, you know, final you know, bubble year when he he had that uh, uh, breakout year and everybody considered him a top, you know, cornerback. So I think we're in, 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 in store for a good year from him. And Dante Jackson being there for the number two wide receiver is not a bad deal either. Real quick, while you're bringing up Josh Norman, I do want to say I love Dante Jackson, and I've always been a believer in Bradbury. I'm so tired of people giving Josh Norman such praise, though. Like, <laughs> do people realize he had a good year, 2015, yeah. good year? He had four interceptions, okay, and it was a good year, isn't that? But do people realize well, that he played four years before that, and he only had one interception the four years he played before that? And since then, he's been kind of average. Not, yeah. Yeah, He's been so like I'm so team. tired of people yeah. looking at Josh Norman like he is the man. He had one good year. That's it. It was you know? amazing. That hair is this is when you make that pick against the Saints. I think <laughs> that 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 behind the back Odell Beckham the pick and where it looked like Odell Beckham catching the ball. Yeah, I mean like, it was pretty amazing. I'll give you that. That was a great. That was a great pick. Thank you. But. It was a good year. It's magical for him. But I, I think you're right about this. Is here's the thing, though: uh, the difference between Bradbury and um, Norman is that in his breakout year, Norman got a lot of picks. Yeah. That's the problem with cool. Bradbury. Bradbury is solid. He's never been. He hasn't been a weakness for us yet. 
and it looks like he's turning into a strength. He's gonna have to. He's gonna have to pick some balls off. That's the problem. Well, this is with his fourth him. year, it right? Just, it just doesn't have the numbers on interceptions. He has pass breakups. He just, you know, the guy's got to catch the ball. This is why he's a DB. Obviously, he can't catch the ball. <laughs> Whatever his it numbers is. are pretty good against. Like if you look at the, but the, he don't the have a ton of interceptions. That's the interceptions the is, is the only sexy. thing. Yeah, they're like sacks. When you, it's like sacks. When you, you know what I'm saying? It's like you'd be a great yeah. player, but sacks get you paid, bro. And Dante oh. Jackson already has, I think, more interceptions than he has. Like his whole career in like four yeah. games. Yeah. yeah well, so. here, here's here's the thing: is with Bradbury, like I was saying before, this is his fourth year, and I was talking about earlier about if you can make up for special teams with turnovers. Maybe his fourth year, he comes out, and he has a few turnovers this year, and that causes us to to to, to push us forward and have that turnover uh, differential will be better. That that's the difference in a team that makes the playoffs and run, makes a deep run. And a team that, you know, doesn't or gets taken out in the first round like the Cowboys. I tell you, I was a little worried about Bradbury for this. I've been a fan of him. I've been cheering him on to be great. But as we saw this training camp unfold and we kept hearing Curtis Samuel, Curtis Samuel, he's a fucking electric. Nobody can stop him. Nobody stop him. I'm sitting there looking at the highlights and Bradbury's getting burnt like toast by this dude. And that concerned me. But I think this is good news about this. Iron sharpens iron type thing. And that maybe it's not a referendum on Bradbury, but just simply Curtis Samuel being amazing. Because as I watched that Patriots game, Bradbury looked legit in there. Like he was taking care of business. And so to me, just him getting roasted by Curtis Samuel might mean that Curtis Samuel is just roasting everybody. And everything I've seen in the preseason, guys, suggests that. You saw Allen, he throws the ball behind Curtis Samuel every time. I was watching the Patriots broadcast because I got the game pass and I was just like watching the replay. And somehow it was on their broadcast. And they were like, oh, I don't know why wide receivers don't run to the mark. It was a third and 10 or some shit like that. And he ran, his route was a yard short. But I'm sitting there looking at it. I was like, no, the problem wasn't his ass didn't run it to the the first down marker. The problem was the quarterback threw it two yards behind him. He had to turn around and get it. You leave that, dude, he's going to run this sucker to the end zone. I'm starting to wonder about that is James... Now we're seeing James Bradbury's name in the good way, I guess. You could even see Curtis Samuel whenever he would have the ball thrown behind him. He just kind of looked at the quarterback and threw his arms up like, come yeah, on, man. like, Jesus Christ, yeah. I could have made everything happen. Like, if he was led the right way, that would have been a Done. great pass. Yeah, so Cam will do that. All right, here we go. Next call. Hey, guys, this is Kyle again. I uh, kind of left out a little something. Uh, I just want to speak about the team real quick. And um, do we hear Kyle? Kyle yet? Like this team? Have we heard him yet? Because I may have skipped his uh, first call. Don't here, know. Here to be honest is. with you. Hey guys, what's up? This is Kyle from Skipworth, Virginia. Uh, first time caller. Oh, nice. Uh, Thank you. Found y'all the podcast a few months ago, and I've just been loving everything that y'all put out. Thanks Glad a lot, brother. On the podcast, yes, I can actually listen to Panthers fans talk about Panthers football. Uh, but I want to talk about Trey Turner real quick. And don't get me wrong, I love Trey Turner. He's a great lineman. He's all pro. But sometimes just watching over time, watching him play, 
sometimes in the middle of the game. I don't know. He just, like, kind of spaces out, and you'll see some dumb penalty or a completely blown blocking assignment that gets Cam blown up. But if you go back to the New England game, on the play that Cam gets hurt, you see Trey Turner. He's got the guy on the ground, which is great. But then he kind of looks up and wanders off and stands around. And the guy that was on the ground, he gets up, and he's the first one to make, you know, get to the ball. He's the first one to hit Cam. And I've seen stuff like that over time. Um, but just kind of wondering if uh, y'all see the same stuff every once in a while with Trey Turner. Like I said, I love him. He's great. But, uh, yeah, y'all just uh, keep up with the podcast. I'm loving everything y'all do. really feels like a good family community podcast of Panthers fans. And uh, keep pounding, as always. Man, what, thank you for that call. First of all, is uh, keep calling in. The number is 252-228-5098. That's exactly what we're trying to build is just a community of fans that are hanging out chopping up Panthers fan new, Panthers news and opinions from the fan perspective. And you know what is it? I, I, I love that call. That's a courageous call right there. Agreed. Okay. I remember I made my first call. It kind of seemed like that too. So that, that takes a lot of guts, man. I appreciate him calling in. Yeah. And, and then t- taking this is the stance because everything that everybody tells us, you know, you hear, from GMs, whatever it is, is he that this is the way it is? This is the way it is. We've heard that Trey Turner's fantastic, right? We've heard we paid him, we've heard he's pro bowl, and then there have been problems on the right side. So it takes a lot of guts, also, to say. And he prefaced his call like, Look, I'm not trying to be like, hey, he already knew that being critical of something on this team is. You know, you got to preface with like, I ain't got a problem with the guy. I love the guy. I hope he's doing great. <laughs> but this and that. But when do you? Re- and we continue here. McCoy saying that how fantastic Trey Turner is. Trey Turner's man, the man, man. I love him. I mean, he like he likes superheroes. He wears glasses. He's big and fat, and he's an offensive lineman that's made the Pro Bowl. I love every bit of it. But. It does raise a question about are these guys untouchable at times? And Greg, is there any where where do you see this at when it comes to guys that have made it? For me, Trey Turner is is KK short on the defensive line. It's like I just believe he's great no matter what. That that that's a good comparison, uh, and I kind of agree with you. I think there are some people that are untouchable on this team. Uh, key positions, uh, you know, on the offense and defense. And I think when you talk about the offensive line with Trey Turner, he's been a rock for us for a long time. Uh, he may not be the best at his position, but he's solid. And everybody's going to have moments where they mess up and everybody's going to miss, tack- I mean, miss tackles or miss blocks or whatever. Uh, Trey Turner's he's there for me. I, I, I don't want him to go anywhere. CK, so I think he's I think he's kind of untouchable. CK, is there any concern we can kind of get fall into hero worship? I I think it's it's happened in the past. Uh, you know, we think about Julius Peppers. I mean, he contributed uh, to some degree uh, the year before last. But I mean, same concept, right? Uh, yeah, I, I I think that it's as a fan we fall. Uh, head over heels for certain players. Uh, unfortunately, it doesn't always work out. And 
you know, more often than not, eventually it ends up not working out. But uh, the part, the funny, the, the first thing that came to mind when you asked, is anybody untouchable? I, I, uh, unfortunately, there's times when the other team's defensive linemen are untouchable and they get straight to camp. So, yeah. well, you know what Dang. I asked myself is, is would you wear or buy their jersey? And if you would wear or buy their jersey, they should be on the team. You know, just just hands down, because I wouldn't wear anybody's jersey what, or buy anybody's jersey. What's your but... jersey would you buy right now? That's a great thing. I know exactly. I want Curtis Samuel's jersey. Boom. I want Give Dante Jackson. Great. Fantastic. CK, yeah. who you got? Who you buying? <laughs> this, is a, this has been a product of debate for me here as of late. I think uh, the, I, look I, at that faded ass jersey you're wearing right now. She <laughs> hey, ain't got no numbers on it. Be faded, and that's, that's an awesome jersey he's wearing. That, that's it? what I'm talking about. What are you wearing uh, right now? You probably already told me too. N- no, no, it's uh, it's. I don't know if you're gonna be able to see. No, this we here. can't see it. There's no letters on the shit. Just show us the number. Look at that. Look at how struggled that shit is. It Keekly jersey. <laughs> it's it's Kelly. Kelly? <laughs> it's a custom God. jersey. <laughs> God damn, mug is cheap. We gotta buy this mug of jersey. No, nah, he needs to win it. the fantasy league. Is what it is. That's oh what, yeah. True that. I didn't even. I didn't put into it. My bad. That's right. Well, well, you know what? If we, <laughs> we're gonna get you a China-made jersey, all right. <laughs> I Don't have do a that. fake jersey. Don't I, do it. I, here's a bad story for you guys, but uh, I bought. I don't mind wearing janky shit from China. Like I have no problem. Like I'll get on the Alibaba shit and be like, I'm buying this <laughs> motherfucker. And I got on Alibaba a few five years ago and we drafted Shaq Thompson. We had been talking about him on the show. And I got on Alibaba, bought this damn Shaq Thompson jersey. Right? It's beautiful. It's like it comes in, it looks yeah. good, it's all sewed, it's all everything looks great about it. So one of my buddies, we go out to the strip club for his birthday hanging out, we partying, spending money, this and that. Homegirl loves my jersey, too. She loves it. She's like, oh, you know, so she's getting the money like this and that, crazy. So I come home, this and that, and I wash my shit, this and and I've had, I've already washed it once. My fucking undershirt was purple. <laughs> the top of my damn uh, khaki shorts, purple, like the shit oh, bleeding no. like a motherfucker. I still wear that Shaq Thompson jersey like a motherfucker i've washed it 12 times i think i got the bleed out of it hey but, call back to the last show that stripper's name wasn't sam bradford was it because <laughs> like i said sam bradford is a stripper or quarterback he's gonna you. take your money and give you everything you think you want and as soon as he's got your money all right you let's know. plow through these calls still <laughs> yep. more Hey guys, this is kyle again uh kind of left out a little something hey first time uh, you second speak time about the team real quick and um I really feel like if this team can stay healthy, offense and defense, that this is definitely the most talented team we've ever had. But, uh, I like that. Healthy, I feel optimistic, optimistic about this. I can really see us going deep into the postseason. So hopefully uh, injuries stay away and uh, we can make a good run at it this year. Yeah. All right, guys. Keep going. going. Great. Next call. What's up, C3? This is Nova Black again. Bring What's yeah. up, Joe? What's up, Cody? What's up, Tony? You guys, hey, I love you guys. My you man. guys don't stop and don't skip a beat, man. I'm telling you, this is the best kind of podcast ever. 
and I'm going to petition Mr. Tupper to sign you guys to some kind of contract because we need y'all. And, 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 and this is from a, pan, a fan's perspective. I tell they got you, their bro. guys that's on deck, but those guys, yeah, they provide a lot of insight, but it's not like it is with us because, you know, you get all that excitement and that rush of energy and that passion and that trash talk like you guys, you know what I'm saying, playing that music like... Who the snitch and you know what I'm saying with Method Man and Red Man. I love that shit. You can only get that shit from the fans. You know what I'm saying? Those guys, they gotta be politically correct. So you know they can't come with the fire that you get guys up. bring. So y'all keep it up. Keep it up. I just touch on the Andrew Love situation. I am glad that dude chose to stay in college another year. I am glad we drafted Cameron Warren Newton as our fucking quarterback. Because that dude live, eat, 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 sleep, breathe, and shit football. Because Get he's not up. playing football. He's coaching football. He's teaching football. He's promoting football to the youth. All the way with the guys on the 7-on-7 seven seven and so on and so forth. These guys are developing. These guys are going to colleges. These guys are either getting drafted or undrafted. Look at Jerry Godwin. He was on Cam Newton, 7-on-17. Seven seven Think about that. That kid is shining. Even as a special team, eight, I think he's going to make the team. But everybody's talking about Cam's commitment. Everybody talking about Andrew Luck better than Cam Newton. They play that boy like he's David White Jesus. Or, you know what I'm saying? Who just ascended from heaven into the National Football League. But if you look at it, he ain't never won a Heisman. He ain't never won an MVP. He ain't never been to a Super Bowl. You see what I'm saying? Cameron Warren Newton has done all those things. And they judge that boy with a different daggone scope from how they judge everybody else. And it's unfair how they treat him. But I don't give a damn. I swear, I love and I'm glad it's my quarterback. And those who got the nerve to sit there and question whether Cam's going to fold like that boy because of the beat. Nope. After you seen what he went through last Damn. year, after you seen all of nothing, I'm you guys, how can you call yourself true fans? This Shame is the greatest you. call in the history and of the world. And to you guys who doubt him, I'm going to say ice the fuck up. Get him! Nice. Get him! God, oh, that no is the best Can I say this world. before anything else? Can you not get him to do a hype? video with him say every fucking game like yeah. anyway sorry like for real like he's the best hey, i mean look Black. it's so natural that's the other thing he's that's what I mean, man. trying like we didn't ask him to do that my man is just fucking blasting mode yes yeah like hey noah black at the bad daddy 52 man hit me up let's commentate a game <laughs> we'll just record it together man we'll have a great time It'll be fun. Let's do it. My man was throwing haymakers the whole time. I love this guy. He's the best. And you know what? He's the only dude that's got an applause in the show. And he got a second <laughs> applause. He got a second applause in the call. Hi, guys. It's Rich in the UK. It's been yes, a couple Rich. of weeks. Um, <laughs> I have been wait, 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 wait. Sorry, hold on a second. Did we just go from Nova Black? What's up, C3? This is Nova Black again. To What's up? All right, who also is a fantastic person in the show. But look at that juxtaposition from Nova Black. Hi, guys. It's Rich in the UK. It's been a couple of weeks. Um, I have been listening in. I just haven't had that much to say. Um, okay, preseason. We're coming up to game four, which is probably meaningless. Um, has any of the other games had any meaning? Um all around the NFL at the moment, people are getting overly excited about their new wonder player. But I remember going through this the last two years and uh, and, and being very excited about 
you know, Moe's Frazier is going to light up the league or, um, you know, hey I've worked you. out that there's about five roster spots possibly up for, for grabs, you know, the tail end of the wide receivers, who's going to be our running back, but they're barely going to see the field. Um, hopefully you're going to discuss the O-line. I think we might have a bit more of a problem there than we thought. Um, mm. I think it's square, square peg, round hole. I'm really, really, really not sure about Daryl on the left and whether it's worth going with Greg Little instead. Legitimate Don't know. question. I mean, I wonder whether Daryl Williams as trade bait. I mean, if, yeah. oh, look, if the rumour of both Trent Williams and Laramie Tunsil down at Miami is meant to be on the trading block, if he was, that would be well, well worth a look. I mean, that's a 25-year-old. Who's been playing yeah, I think he's right. very, very well. He's like their only shining light. Um, I know we've got Greg Little and we've just, you know, invested in that. But if it's win now or win in the next couple of years, give Tunsil two years and then see. Trade Little, trade Tunsil. I don't know. Just just throwing some thoughts around. Because Paradise went backwards and fast but um, in the centre last week. But <clears throat> hopefully that's uh, that's just teasing problems of their first outing. Um, Cam looks like he's going to be fine, so hopefully we're all right there. Um, and we'll just see, you know, without without it being, you know, live and meaningful, we just don't really know what's uh, what's going to happen there. Um, so yeah, that's 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 the pre-season. Brian Burns is looking like an absolute monster. Monster. Um, oh, and also I'm going to shout out my countryman Hefe Abada. Um, yeah. If you watch the two burn sacks, Abada caused absolute havoc as the defensive he end was a on key the part of that. forefront. Um, yep. He he created you know, the space that Burns' agility took advantage of. That's that's an interesting one. I mean, if Abada looks that good, he could be the end of Butler. I don't know what's going to happen with Butler. I don't know whether he's trade bait. I think bait, he's gone, bro. But he's, as everybody will tell you, has done nothing pre-season. Should be. Uh, Ron clearly likes Abada and he's cheap. And I'm not saying this is a Brit because it's it's just an ease. He's a very, very hungry six foot six, now two hundred and seventy five pound guy who's got a bit of pass rush, same on thing. Anyway, I'm gonna run out of time but I'll probably buy back. this. Keep... This shit was like an advertisement right there, and it's true. That was a good call. That was a really yeah. good call. Can yeah. I can I you know, with he he was mentioning Daryl Williams at left. I, for the life of me, I don't recall Daryl getting beat at the left. I felt I felt like the right side was the one that was collapsing most of the time. You know, was I wrong? I, I think one person said this earlier. I think it might was Josh from Mass. Is it didn't look like one person. It looked like a total collapse at times. And I think I said this earlier in the yeah. show. Is that that that's the good news in one way? We didn't see one guy get beat like a drum, and all the other guys not. But you're right, is I don't remember first of all, I barely remember CKC and Daryl Williams play. Yeah. Which is a good thing. That's because what I mean. when you notice offensive linemen playing, it's a bad thing. And that's that's where I note unfortunately I noticed Greg Little a little bit more, more than I wanted to um during that that uh that game granted the penalties some of you know one of them uh, are a little questionable but uh i for the life i just i don't recall daryl williams failing us at left i think the issue is 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 you know uh, josh from mass said is it felt like a total collapse but i think that happens with uh you know when you have 
multiple holes and you have certain i mean it's almost like uh, a wall falling down right one one piece not so bad two pieces now all of a sudden you know the entire wall is starting to collapse a little bit you know it just i think it's kind of a situation like that where you have so many holes in a cup there's only so much that each piece is going to be able to fix until they get those those holes figured out and that's what i think i think the right side is a major issue if, if i had to put my guess to it Let's uh, for me when it comes to offensive line, I think they weren't helped by the str- by the strategy of what we're trying to do. Like yeah. there's ways you can help the offensive line, but going back to this is the real the other th- thrust. Of the question goes to Fa Obata, and oh, and ultimately we're looking at a system that has a bunch of defensive ends slash linebackers. There's kind of a gluttony almost at that position at the defensive end. If you th- if you think about it, Mario Addison on one side, then you get Bruce Irvin. You get who else? We got a lot. Of, um, Mario Addison, Bruce Irvin, and we got one other uh, veteran at that spot Bernard. too. Mario Addison, Bruce Irvin. Um, are you talking about uh, Cox? Brian Cox? No, I thought we had one other person that was experienced in, in anyway. So then you have Brian Burns and Christian Miller. Yep, Christian Marquise Miller. Haynes. Yeah, is and Marquise Haynes is that is there kind of a gluttony at one type of position? But but again, we we look at this is that while you're thinking about a gluttony at that position potentially hurting FA Obata. Efe Obata has been a manly man out there. He looks like he's kind of throwing his body around wildly at times. That's the only negative criticism I have about Efe is that he just looks like this giant mug that's like, I'm just going to beast everybody, and sometimes it doesn't work out. But you go back to this, is freaking Vernon Butler, first-round pick, is a missing in action. He might. He's not even with the damn. T- it hurt. Didn't fly with the team. That complicates the issue. I felt like Brian. Uh, I felt like Vernon Butler was a lock to make this team just because of the the actual personnel we had. But Greg, or is there anything here? What What is going on with that? And does that help FA? Uh, well, real quick, what you're talking about, Vernon Butler, I think that was just a miss, man. I think that's going to be a guy that's on the bubble. He needs to be gone. Uh, was he really I, I'm so hurt? glad I never bought that jersey. You think he's really hurt? Like, they didn't even know, bring him with him. They didn't even protecting. bring him with him to the damn yeah. New England game. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if he's hurt or if the team's just protecting him, but he, he just... I don't think he's a good fit. I don't think he is what we expected him to be. I'm, I'm, I honestly am ready to get rid of Vernon Butler. I haven't seen anything from him. It's what four years now, yeah. three years, four. Yeah. Like, like I it's mean, just four. I haven't we're, seen anything. We're, we're, we're yeah. in year four. We're definitely in year four. And on top of that, another one too is Rashawn Golden missing on that trip. Yeah, and we have not heard why that was. Was it like it was like team decision, personal reason? So sort of strange things on that that are being brought up by that call. Very interesting. Let's go to the next one. I think he's coming back for more. Andrew Luck retired. That's a shame, isn't it? Um, uh, I did read a good article that uh, apparently he didn't turn the Panthers down and always intended to do four years. Oh, is Stanford. this it? Um, so Andrew Luck. there's that. Um, 
Yeah, it's interesting. In, in my line of work, I did a lot in pain and pain science. And uh, it's now well known that pain, it, it, there's a three-prong attack. It's a bio, biological, psychological, social issue. Uh, every NFL player has a biological injury, all of them. They're all beaten up all the time. The psychological, though, ties in with the social. And I, I put a fairly inflammatory tweet out, actually, suggesting, <coughs> I hate to say it, white privilege, but Andrew Luck's world Damn. is he can do whatever he wants now. Okay, he's a Stanford man, he's bright, his world is his oyster. On another podcast, they said he could do what he wants twice. Yeah, Rich is the best. That affects your psychology. You know, Andrew Luck didn't come from the streets. Andrew Luck wasn't homeless sleeping in a car. Andrew Luck knows who his dad was. Andrew Luck did not have his cousin shot, etc. He may have done, but do you know what I mean? It's the, the, the pressure for him, football is not all there is. He's, he's seen the bigger world. He knows the bigger world. Um, and therefore, he can step away from football and go and do something else. Um, Thomas Davis fought back from two ACLs. Um, what would happen if Cam quit now? And I mean, that's been thrown around by everybody, but we all know there'd be absolute uproar. Um, and Cow Turd would probably <laughs> start enjoying himself far too much. But um, I'm rather rooting for a Panthers uh, Browns Super Bowl, just so Mayfield and Mayfield and Cam could go on Cow Turd's show afterwards. I think that would, that would probably suit everybody, really. Um, anyway. I think that's about the only intelligent thing I have to say about that. But, yeah, the psychology of like, not wanting to deal with it is linked to the fact that he's got options in the world. It's not the be-all and end-all, and he can go and do it, whereas, you know, your concussed 340-pound lineman who's only done three years in the league and two million needs to hide that and carry on. Um, that's really what it is. And it's not necessarily that luck is soft. It's just why bother when you can do other things. And I think we all feel like that. Um, anyway... So, but the uh, the Cam Luck comparison can, can, can stop now. Anyway, that's enough rambling. Two weeks worth of rambling, or three even. You're doing a great job, guys. Um, on the last point, if I've got time, very quickly. Maybe it's because we're close to the team and we love them and we think they're going to go 12 and 4, but we're not being rated very highly by anybody else. Uh, we're in the 8, 8, 7, 9, 9, mm. 7 area. So, mm. I hope they're all wrong. Anyway. Keep this is the most depressing call ever. Uh, fantastic call, Rich Kingston. I love how Tim Tizzy comes in and gives the American translation for what he's trying to say. And Tim Tizzy says this. <laughs> what he's trying to say is Andrew Luck ain't about that life. Uh, all right, Greg. What do you guys no, think about quick, this? Go ahead. Yeah, I want to touch on that real quick. Uh, you know, what he's saying has a lot of validity to it. Uh, he, he is very right. Like, do y'all know who's Andrew Luck? What Andrew Luck's dad is doing right now? No, but he's probably the like, XFL. He's the commissioner of the XFL. Uh, mm. Okay, so so now I'm I'm not talking trash about anybody. I'm not I'm not saying anything because I haven't been to this life. But when you have a life where you grow up where your father is an NFL player, and you go to Stanford, so you obviously have either talent or money or a little bit of both, and money is not a problem. This is a very simpler solution for Andrew Luck. You know, Andrew Luck retired, and the Colts still gave him the $24 million, million that he owed them, still gave that to him. So he retired Why? as a guy. Why did they do that? I don't know. I don't understand that. Like, we, we actually now to, feel great. That's the to, freakiest weird thing I've ever – I've never heard of to, a business doing that. No, me either. But well, my point wanna, is, like, 
the choice was easy for him because yes. he knows that even if they didn't give him that $24 million, he still made $75 million The worst his ass years. got was that four-second boo where yep. everybody, they got the worst that happened to Luck was those four seconds of booing at that stadium. And then all the people came out telling everybody how people who booed were assholes. Oh, don't worry. I'm getting my sub pick later. We're going to hit on this. But, Carter, CK, but, uh, CK, I know you want to get in there. Yeah. Well, uh, first, I, w- I wanted to uh, just point out one piece. They they didn't give him $24 million or whatever that was. They just elected not to take it from him because right. they'd already well, given it to him. Basically given it to him. Yeah. Well, so, bitch, give this shit back. That's what I would <laughs> say. <laughs> but sorry. My bad. Too much. No, but I think I think that you know, I they, I think the Colts are hoping that this is just a, a short term decision yeah, on his back. part that he'll come back or something. But it is an interesting concept to think that uh, his dad is the uh, commissioner of the XFL and what right. what does that future really hold? You know, I'm willing to bet he's going to be either either a player, which I doubt because of the reasons he gave that he quit. Or, or a high executive in the XFL in the future. If he just plays just in the XFL, when, when you know you have that, it's easy to give bitch. up this money. Such you know, a bitch. if he, I hope he plays in the XFL because then I would hate him more than I <laughs> ever hate. I think him. I think the Colts fans would feel like they were made the right decision in booing him at that point. They would, huh? yeah, yeah. Is and uh, I think to the larger point of what Greg was saying. And the call and Rich was saying too, is that there's a luxury to be able to say, you know what, I'm gonna step away. When you come for money, it's easier. It's exactly. so much easier to just say, like, here, I gotta make it to thirty at my job. Greg, and I understand you gotta that make to it to thirty extent. at your job, right? You gotta right. get to thirty. Uh, I'll be then, at seventy five before I retire, man. Yeah, but but 80, you gotta so. get to the thirty. You know what I'm saying? You gotta get yeah. to thirty years and there's people that retire at eighteen and they're like, you know what, I'll just I'm okay with them. What that it's 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 interesting. I'm not faulting luck for doing it. I'm not like saying he shouldn't have doing done it. I just know this is I've always said it's cam, I'm on that cam dick. <laughs> Screw that luck one. That's where uh, I'm at. I know where I'm at. I know where my, my bread's buttered. Yeah. I that would be definitely my... be a role in my podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's reco- he just recorded that shit. I should yeah. not have said that out loud. All right. Last I I do have um one or two other things do. I I, I feel and it's so late. But I got to ask you guys this. Is Reed... And look, hey, you're listening to the C3 Panthers podcast. It's time to put the plug in. The number is 252-228-5098. That's the the way you can contact the podcast and be a part of the Cat Calls line. You can call in. You can follow us at on Twitter at Cat underscore Chronicles. Subscribe. All that mess. Write a review. Whatever ever, everybody else says that helps their podcast. Do it for us. I went into this tough question. Is Eric Reed a dirty player? CK, you want to take it? You want me to go first? I'll let you go first, Greg. I have my thoughts on it, but uh, I think underneath it all, yes, oh, he is a dirty, dirty player. Tough, uh, tough to say. I hate saying it because I like his production on the on the field, yeah. but just watching the interview, if you if you, I don't know if everybody's watched this interview. There's a if you go on YouTube and you look up, you know, Eric Reed hit on uh, on a. On who he hit Ben Watson, yeah. You watch the interview, and uh, you can just—it looks like somebody who's just making up as he goes. And he said, 
Well, I didn't even, they asked him about the Twitter feed because the whole deal was Ben Watson made a comment about him on a Twitter uh, comment, you know, and Eric Reed lives on Twitter based on his, his social status and what's going on with him and Colin Kaepernick. He lives on Twitter. And his first comment was a oh, what Twitter comment? Like, I don't even know what you're talking about. That is the biggest load of BS I've ever heard. Like, I mean, come on. And if you watch the play, dude, if you're a professional player and you've been playing that long, you know that guy's down. You're making the hit to be dirty. I don't care what he says. That was a dirty play. Uh, I don't like it, but uh, he actually came out and apologized about it today, which that is kind of a mission of guilt. He says, I didn't mean to do it, but I'm going to go ahead and apologize about it a week later. He's a dirty player. I hate it because I love him being on my team. I love his production, but he's a dirty player, in my opinion. CK? So, I... It's becoming harder and harder to defend, right? Um, right. And I, I think right after the after the Eagles game last year, um, you know, we were able to just you know write that off. Well, it wasn't too bad. And then after the Steelers game, when he went and tried to you know uh, get a, a nice hit on Big Ben after he went down, I mean, you, you almost say, oh well, those are hard to pull up from. I mean. To be honest with you, I think it's less about – I don't know if it's necessarily a question about him being dirty or not. I just think he's playing in the NFL 20 years too late. Yeah. Okay. I, I can buy that. Right. Yeah. Is it – they that. don't – I think that's a fantastic point. Is like, I think dirty is a little heavy-handed sometimes. Okay. And that – what that hit was late. Right. And, oh, yeah. And that is oh, – yeah. and he gave him a little shot. It was kind of a nudge. We but we heard um, who's that cat that signed with the Redskins, Collins that was a safety for the Giants. Yeah, we heard him say Wait, that like if he if he saw, um, what what's his name uh, Dave Gettleman on the sidelines and he got he'd be like <laughs> throw that ball over here I'll give him a little nudge. Yeah. So when I look at the Eric Reed hit, is that. Was it a late hit? Yes. Does it deserve a, a penalty? Yes. Was it intentional? Probably. No. Right? And like the little shot, was it meant to give a concussion? So I think that that's kind of like is, was it jerky? Was it, uh, Is he a jerk? Or is it dirty? It's a fine line. And I think both everybody's got a great point on all this. But like CK said, it's, it becomes harder to defend at some point. But I think for me, the hard part is this. It has nothing to do with this. It's like reverse racism at this point. And maybe this is dangerous to say. But it's like... Um, it's like I'm, I'm almost upset that he hates me. <laughs> like, it's like my man won't even be nice to me if I was in the locker room. Like, he's just like, fuck y'all. I don't want to talk to none of y'all. Like, <laughs> if, 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 in my opinion, I think he's just emotional. If you think about it, I mean... He had he had uh, now granted it wasn't somebody he was going against and the hits he was making wasn't against this but like Malcolm Jenkins in the Philadelphia game then you have uh, you know we were losing by a pretty hefty margin against the Steelers and and so there's emotion in that and then obviously there's emotion in this game with what Ben Watson was saying on Twitter I mean there's uh, I, I think he just wears his heart on his sleeve and. Um, I don't necessarily think it's a good thing, but I don't think I, I think dirty is a little heavy handed because right. when I think it dirty, wasn't that bad. Like he gave him, he gave him. It was a late nudge, a late shot. Okay. Well, but well, like if you let me ask you this, let me ask you this. Okay, had there not been the concussion, had he hit the player and he got the flag and everything else, and there wasn't a concussion, 
Do you think we'd hear about it the same way? No. Yes. Okay. I do. Oh, wow. and and to and, and to let me ask you if if you're if you like to drink, and you go out and drink and drive, and you get into an accident, mm. are you not looked at? Are you, you get an accident, you hurt somebody? Are you not looked at worse if you do that as opposed to you going out and drinking and driving and you get away with it? Like, doesn't it change the whole? Like the result of it changes everything. Saying that is, we can't look at this objectively because it's Eric Reed. Is that what your point is? No, no. My point is, we can't look at it objectively because of the result of what happened. Like, no matter who does that, like, like, like there was the result is the same. There was a concussion. It was a late hit, obviously, and there was a concussion. Barely a concussion. That's the thing is that if my man would have decked him, he kind of just threw his body into him. Like he has. That is, when it comes to dirty player, I don't think you're right. I think everybody's right. Is that, I don't think it's dirty. I think he's just kind of like, yeah, he gives you the extra. He's a jerk. Well, he, he he walks the line. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think he meant to give a concussion, but I think he meant to lay a late hit, and the concussion was a result he didn't want, but because he took that risk, like drinking and driving, that is what happened, mm. and he has to accept that penalty or has to accept that's what happened to it, you know? You have to accept like, like, it. He can get suspended now. If he gets another one of those later in the season, He, I believe there's a, a suspension pending. All right, we were trying to do the 50-man roster. It ain't going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just I was prepared for it, but yeah. yeah. Tell me this. is Where are the positions that you're interested when the cut time comes? CK, I'm sorry, you locked up. What was it? Where what what positions are on your kind of radar when it comes cut time? For me, it's all offense, wide receiver, running back. Um, I don't think we're deep enough on the defensive end as far as defensive line, uh, cornerbacks, linebackers. I, I'm not looking into that because we need to be a little deeper with that because if something happens with one of those, we're done. Uh, for me, it's it's wide receivers, running backs. Um, Everywhere else, I think we need the depth. So I know we have about six or seven guys on wide receiver. We have five guys on uh, running back. Uh, that that's just the place that I would cut personally. So, so all right. Um, so last year, I think we went into the season with two running backs and a fullback, right? And I gotta argue, guys, is that Cody? I'm missing uh, Cody Lashney on this show tonight because after week three, I am on the Scarlet bandwagon. Is I agree. A, I, I, I agree. He's the dude. Yep. He looks good. He looks like a running back. Guys, are, are we gonna see a cut there? Obviously, we're gonna see guys go to practice squad there. But do you carry McCaffrey, Cap, and Scarlet, or is it McCaffrey, uh, Scarlet? And uh, the fullback CK can't make this team. I, I that the running back is probably one of the more interesting uh, of them because I think we're going to end up letting go of uh, multiple good football players that have the ability to contribute. But um, the, the, most people, when I read up on the projected fifty-three man roster, it's it's uh, Christian McCaffrey. Uh, Scarlet, Cap, and then Arma. I can't see a situation where we keep more than the two, like basically uh, Christian. I think it's going to be a battle between Cap and Scarlet. I think one of them are gone. I don't think they're both staying. 
Because why would you keep that many running backs when you have a running back in Curtis Samuel and a running back in DJ Moore? You literally have five running backs on the team already that are going to make the team. So, very valid hurt. point. It's gonna be I, a I just, I'm, I'm a Tony though. I, I say I'm with Tony though. I'm I'm a cap guy. I I can't I can't let go of cap. And I feel like the moment we do and put him on our practice squad and somebody picks him up, he's gonna blow up and we're gonna kick ourselves in the ass mm-hmm. for never giving him a hat and never giving him a chance. Uh, we we have had what four or five years of them now where we haven't really given him a chance to play. We missed this time. We missed this time, man. I'm on the no. Scarlet train now. I love mm-hmm. Cap, but we missed this time. Now, right. coming back to this is that when you go to the offensive line, struggles there. I don't think we're going to be cutting anybody that we suspect. Now we move to deep. Like, when I say suspect, is that right now we're trying about add players to the offensive line, not cut players. So, who cares about the bubble? Mugs are <laughs> making it. But on the defensive line, we got a lot of studs here. I think the questions come back to this. Is Vernon Butler making this team? Is there any chance that a guy... What do you do with Mario Addison? Keep Addison. I'd keep Addison over Butler any day of the week. Well, I mean, I know that you would keep him over them, but but at the same time, you've got Burns. You've got... Burns looks so great. I don't know what to do. Is there any concern that there could be a cut? Look, obviously, I think Brian Cox Jr. now, because of the weed charge, probably has a much harder time making it. Does F.A. Obata make this? Obviously, I think F.A. Obata gets cut before Mario Addison. Where are the deep cuts or the interesting, the intrigue, Cody? C.K., where are you at on the defensive line really quickly? Um, I think that we're going to have a surprise cut. I am, I, In my opinion... I think once we switch over to this 3-4, I think it's not going to benefit Mario Addison as much. I think the 4-3 was his bread and butter, and I think that's where he succeeded. So I think we'll see a surprise uh, you know, elimination from that defense. Burns just looks um, so good. Yeah. The other piece, and I'll you know move on from this, I think we'll have a surprise cut on the wide receivers uh, as well. I don't think that the projected starters are going to be who we actually go with. Is so Graham getting... Is oh yeah, tell us who the starters are. Tell us who projected are. starters are right now: DJ Samuel, Tory Hogan, um, Mister Reliable. I can't remember his name. Right. And then, Jeez, uh, right. yeah, and then uh, Godwin. Those are the yeah, yeah, those are the ones that they're suggesting. I think that there is a chance that Hogan or Tory Smith don't make it. Interesting. I saw Tory Smith out there yeah. earlier before Hogan, so suggest he's a little higher in the. In the climb yeah. in the rankings, but you're right. Is there there's some some guys? If, if you think about it, if they really feel good at those positions, Curtis Samuel, DJ Moore, Jarris Wright, that's three. Hogan, Torrey Smith, that's five. That's really what a team that feels good about their wide receiver core does. And I and I'm trying to think here, guys. Is ultimately comes back. Damn, Graham Gano. Does Graham Gano make this team? How is that possible that he doesn't, A, and B, I hope he doesn't? Well, I wanted to touch on that because actually I wanted to bring that up earlier. Uh, I read an article earlier about Graham Gano being traded to the Bears, a possibility. (laughs) They would crucify him. (laughs) Well, regardless of where he gets traded, if we can get rid of him, because here's the thing, if we we don't get rid of him and we we put uh, Sly on the the practice squad, he can get picked up like Harrison Bucker did, and we get nothing for him, you know? 
But if we get rid of Gano, if we trade him for a you know pick next year, a third round pick, a second round pick, whatever, we save two million two million in cap space. Mm. So there is an incentive to get rid of an aging kicker and bring in a guy who is not missed a kick since he's been with us in a game that is that is that shows he has the leg. He had a fifty five yarder a couple weeks ago that you know would have gone for sixty sixty three. So he's got the leg. He's got the accuracy. I think, I, as much as I hate to say it, I hate, hate to say it, maybe it's time to part ways with Gano. I'm not, don't hate to say it. I hate that dude. Uh, CK, <laughs> CK, real quick, what's harder to kick at? If we, if, if you're Graham Gano and we sent him his walking papers and we had our choice of where we we're going to trade him, where's he more sad at? If we, we trade him to Tampa Bay where kickers can't kick or we dragged them to Chicago where kickers yeah, they can't, can't kick, kick there either. God so. dang. <laughs> I think I, I the think answer uh, is Tampa Bay because they can't uh, yeah. win games either. I don't yeah, want to go division rival. Yeah. He, I think, I think we, I think He'll he would be, be 100 more than 100 if he goes to the fucking Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Asshole. <laughs> what you got CK? I was going to say, I think that uh, Tampa Bay would definitely be the sadder of the two because I think the Bears give them a uh, give him a chance to at least be a contender. Um, and I, if they can get their stuff right, it's not going to ever really come down to just a you know a field goal like it did in the play, you know playoffs last year. So, yeah, God, poor Chicago. It's a tough place to yeah. kick. Tough place to kick. The only worst place to kick is Minnesota, where Green Zimmer Bay. will fire at. <laughs> You missed that kick and that mug fired you before he take your fucking jersey before you walk off the field. All right. Yeah, Kai's still Kai's still not assigned yet, so <laughs> Yeah. All right. So I look, I think we've gone through about everything for the show. I think the end of the show now comes to this is I don't think there's anything left to do. Unless you guys have any other subjects, I think it's time to ice mugs up. Let's do it. Real quick, I wore this shirt just for tonight. Everybody's watching. Uh, Look at that. Oh, nice. He got one too. You got one yeah, too. Okay. I bought that same my, shirt. My beard's covering up a little bit. There you go. I got that same shirt right there. Let's see what we got. That was a limited edition shirt right there. Yeah. All right. The Ice Up Picks of the Week. CK, can you start us off? Um, I, Maybe this is low hanging fruit, and it might be the complete opposite of what uh, others feel, but. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep it in the realm of the Panthers and go with Steve Berline. Ooh, really? tell us I gotta why. hear this. I like this. Yeah. So basically, he came out he and he said, handed, didn't he? Once again, low hanging fruit because I think that uh, Greg's gonna go this route too. But with Andrew Luck, the criticism that's coming around to him um, for making the decision he felt was best for his life, and we'll find out for you know moving forward if it was or not. But um, you know, Steve Berline came out and double down on the fact that it's indefensible to do what he's done. I get some of the points that he's made, but he is not doing himself any favors uh, uh, by, by going the way that he is, because I think 95% of the world is in agreement that Andrew Luck did what he needed to do for himself, his family, his future. Um, and Steve Berline came out and said that it's, you know, it was a very selfish move. It's indefensible. It's not something that a good teammate would have done. Uh, and I, I think it's pretty interesting to see that happen like that. So, okay, yeah, he went after him too. You're right, and he he questioned the timing of all of this, and you, in some ways, so tell him what he needs to do, CK. 
uh, it needs to ice up, son. <laughs> and so on the and the strange thing to give credit when it comes to Burline on this on this case is that he did take the opposite position that the mm-hmm. rest of the world took. Yeah. You know what I'm saying and, is that is and, that he did not, uh, and, and like you said, he doubled down. Everybody else has told us that we should cry about our booing. You know what I'm saying? Like uh, Brandon Herbert has told us, "Shame on you for any asshole that makes fun of luck quitting." Shame on you, shame on you, and 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 I I don't know. Is that I don't feel like I should feel bad for saying. Damn, my man quit quickly mm-hmm. or whatever it is. But at the same time, he's a fucking millionaire. Like, he don't give a shit what I say. So, but Burline did to triple down on it. Everybody has guilted us, CK, for feeling bad about being critical about Andrew Luck. Mm-hmm. Huh? Huh? Good pick, good pick. Right. Right. Uh, you know. I'm going to go next, if you don't mind, Tony, because mine kind of relates to somewhat of his. He is right. I'm going to hit on almost the same thing, and it has to do with Andrew Luck, but it's from a different end of the spectrum. Uh, I'm going to ice up Martellus Bennett Ooh. because I don't know. I'm, I'm a big following this, and I actually heard about it on a show that I had listened to. I love Speak for Yourself's podcast with uh, Jason Whitlock and Marcellus Wiley. That they, they really lay it out there. Like it, It's great to hear the things they say and the opinions they have. But Martellus Bennett went on a uh, Twitter rant the other day, started about 11.02 a.m. on August 25th, where he is going off and talking about the Andrew Luck uh, retirement, and he has a lot of really, really good points until he gets to one tweet where I agree with almost everything else he says, where people shouldn't judge this guy. We don't know what's going on in his head. He's doing his best for his family and this and that. The one tweet I don't like is at 11.10 a.m. on August 25th where he says, Football doesn't care about players. Players are starting to realize that more and more. The game gets what it needs from you, and then it moves on. Now that players are getting what they need from the game moving on, it's a fucking or it, it's, it's a fucking up the ecosystem. Sorry. Uh, I don't like that tweet because Martellus Bennett, let me tell you something. You joined this game knowing what was going to happen. You knew it was a collision sport. You knew what you were getting into, okay? The fact that you make millions and millions of dollars to play a child's game and get to retire when you're in your mid-30s, ice the fuck up. Because I am going to work the rest of my life, probably die on my job, never making a fraction of what you have. This game is not using players. It does care about their players because i tell you what, when you have a surgery, when you have rehab, when you have anything else, the team takes care of you in that manner, and they pay you. So don't talk about football not caring about their players. Ice up. I I agree with a lot of that perspective. I do, I do understand the sentiment of like the callousness of the business side when it comes to involving players. But here is what you have highlighted, Greg, that is missing from the discussion, and that is they haven't talked about the fan. And the fan yeah. does this. The fan makes $30,000 a year. If they're lucky. Yeah. Yeah. And they pay these ass. And, and, and look, it's like, look, we do this on by our own volition. So I'm not complaining about that. I pay money, but the, there is a certain, you forget this is there is a ton of where your bread's buttered. 
when it comes to even owners too, because they're so used to and accustomed to this shit working. But you got to remember this is that so many of these games and the fans and the people that buy the products that your advertisements are for, they sit in that upper deck, you know, and And they barely can afford, they can barely afford to do that. And they do look, we do all this and we can barely afford and look, and no, I'm not crying that I, that it costs too much and this and that. I don't want them to make too little, but we do have to remember too, at the same time, is that there are a lot of people that put a lot of shit on the line too. It might not seem as much because it's just a couple of dollars to you, but people, this is a grassroots shit. And I know that everybody loves the press box and they love the fucking billion dollar donors, but they don't pay the bills. Right. People that pay the bills of the shit, the motherfuckers buying the damn Panthers t-shirt at a Walmart. Right, so just keep that in mind. So my ice up pick too, and there's so many to go to. You guys, uh, the guys on the show will not be able to hear it. Let me see if I can get it pulled up. And I don't even know if I can hear it. Um. Oh, I know what it is. It's this. There is no sound. Don't worry. Is this is the sound? If you can see it right now, there is a player. The Saints are playing the Jets and they throw a screen, kind of a tight end screen and their right tackle then push their own tight end to the ground while he was trying to catch the ball. So not only did he, the, the Saints right tackle thought he was blocking a player, turns out he was tackling his own player trying to catch the ball. <laughs> that is my ice up pick right there. You got to love preseason football, folks. Oh, yeah. God damn, is that this motherfucker, everybody, even the quarterbacker was laughing at this shit. It's like, motherfucker, damn, you don't tackle your own teammates. So that's He's my example. We keep it simple. It's so late here. All right, you're listening to the C3 Panthers podcast. We've gone on and on and on and on about the Panthers. Every Tuesday night we do this. Cody Lashley was not here, which is strange. I send your prayers out or your feelings, your good feelings, if you ain't a prayer or whatever it is, thoughts and wishes to Cody. Uh, he's going to be back next week, he assured me. I don't care if he is or not. I just hope everything's okay for him. But the guy stepped up the plate. CK, thank you for joining us. Tell them how they can follow you on Twitter. Uh, Codizzle Allen. <laughs> Shit, that's the coolest fucking Twitter I'm handle follow ever. you as soon as I get out of here, man. Codizzle Allen. All right, and I like Greg, that. I need you to tell them not only your Twitter handle, but the podcast, because I need to come on. I got to talk about this. I gotta, Two weeks, man. I'm coming Two up. Weeks. Is it that close? Well, I think it's three weeks, actually. Yeah, three All weeks right. you're on. I'm coming on so. to talk about something that's near and dear to my childhood, but I'm ready for Woo Assassin's talk. I'm ready to talk about a lot of things. Because I need your help on this. This is where I am. My nerve problems on this, Greg, are is I'm trying to get in this shit, and I feel like I don't understand half of it. No, I'm like, man. I'm like, man, Greg probably knows who all these people are and shit. This is just went over my head like a child. Anyway, I'm ready for it. I'm excited to talk about Ninja Turtles, but tell them where they can follow you on Twitter and your podcast, please. All right, man. We are psyched to have you on, by the way, man. It's awesome. I can't wait to see you or hear you. But um, you can find me at the Bad Daddy 52 on Twitter. 
Uh, I have a podcast. It's called the Super Civil Servants Podcast. Me and my partner. Uh, I'm a mailman. He's a garbage man. So hence, Super Hell Civil yeah. Servants. You like um, men at work. <laughs> we're about 16 <laughs> episodes in. We just started this up, so we're getting our feet wet. Uh, we're really starting to take some, or you know, uh, pick up some steam here. Uh, this week we had a really good podcast, but uh, we're on everything you want to find: Apple, Stitcher, Google. You know, just about any anywhere you can find us. Um, once again, at the Super Civil Servants Podcast, you can contact us at Super at SCS One uh, on Twitter, or you can email us the same thing at at SCS One uh, on Yahoo.com. Um, but uh, we're just rolling. Tony's gonna be on our show. I can't wait. And Tony, I want to let you know, draft is Sunday night at nine o'clock. I know you're in my league. So uh, I'm ready. Hope to see you. Hope to see you there, man. I'm ready. But I won the pick them. I won Greg's pick them when it comes yeah, to, to the college <laughs> football, uh, college basketball. I don't know shit about college basketball. It was awesome. It was <laughs> You're awesome. the only guy that picked Virginia. Seriously, check us out, y'all. I really appreciate it. Uh, it would be great to have downloads and give us feedback. Uh, Super Civil Servants Podcast. Let me know what you think. Share it, rate it, and support. That's it. That's all that all we ask anybody to do when it comes to this podcast is subscribe, share, support. That's Great. all. Is just send a link to a friend. That is it. Is that if if that's too hard, that's kind of jerky. And that is is that I retweet all of these not because I, I first of all I loved listening to them, but how hard is it? Retweet it, follow, yeah. share, subscribe. Write a review. Take two seconds out of your day to make somebody else's day great. These guys are working hard to build a name just like we are. We're trying to build Panther Nation together, and you're a part of that. You're the fantastic fantastic audience on YouTube. You guys have been tremendous. Thank you for your support and your subscribes and your donations. We'll see you next Tuesday night. See you next Tuesday. Subscribe to the C3 Carolina Panthers podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, or anywhere you can catch an RSS feed. Check out CarolinaCatChronicles.com for the latest Panthers news and opinions from the fan perspective. Great cash, homie. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.